Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Deadass Podcast. I am your host, Bryzy, where we capture stories, share eulogies, and today we've got the one, the only, Mr. TJ Hanley, back on for part three of TJ's life. How are you? Good, thanks, Bryzy. Real well, thank <laughs> you. That's good, mate. I see you're repping uh, the Team Trent shirt, mate. Trent Richardson from Australian Idol, who is currently in the running to hopefully win it. Um, he seems to be kicking ass at the moment. How's it, how's it going for him, right? Yeah, I think it's going very well. He, oh, he's a lovely lad. Never done much singing before, only to the camels and the chooks. <laughs> I don't think they appreciate him as much as they should have done, but yeah. mate, he's a great kid. He's clean cut. He's yeah. honest, he's reliable, he's got a job. He's a good-looking lad he's too. He's a, good look, a real good-looking rooster. All the girls should be voting for him. So uh, <laughs> I'll put a plug out for Team Trent and all yeah. you girls out there. 
Good uh, on you. He hadn't got a girlfriend at present, so Roddy put a vote in for him, <laughs> girls. So go, Trenty. <laughs> That's good, mate. Thanks. No, shout out to you, Trent. All the best, mate, for your Australian Idol journey, mate. I hope it's a successful one for you, brother. It looks like you're doing well, mate. And I love the shirt too. That's a cool-looking shirt, mate. I'm glad we're wrapping it today for him. So that shows who we're behind. So, but mate, on the last so the last episode on part two, we finished up on um, your sort of twenty months in general duties. I would I would say as in in the police force, and mm-hmm. it was that you had to do a certain amount of tra- a certain amount in, out in the in uniform before you could actually apply for stock squad. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and. Um, so we got to the point where you, you finished up your 20 months. Um, it wasn't 20 months. So, I mean, the normal amount wasn't 20 months, was it? You just did it in 20 months. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, what was it like going back – so going into the stock squad? Because, you know, you, you'd you been a you know horseman your whole life, you know, in the stocks, in doing the stock, bloody all the bits and pieces. What was it like going back, back to what you were built to do? Well, I'd say I was – Pretty well-paid ringer, I'd say, <laughs> and not camping amongst the Western Taipans in the bloody in the Lignum at night. I had a roof over my head and a bit of air conditioning occasionally, and you a, bit, that a bit of luxury living. <laughs> you reckon that softened you up a little bit? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get used to it, a bit of glamping. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. no, that's good. I, man. Um, yeah, I got, uh, this reminds me of another story there. But mm. now I went to Charters Towers here, and and really, I that's what I joined the um, police uh, police force for. To uh, to get into stock investigation, yeah, and um, that was great. And fortunately, um, a fellow by the name of Ken Strafelt was my boss there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the greatest stock investigators. Uh, had the greatest knowledge of, of stock law, case law. Oh wow! Uh, how to investigate any type of offence. He was just a brilliant man. Yeah, he rose to the rank of assistant commissioner. Did he really? And uh, buried poor old Ken about 12 months ago at Bundaberg. Oh, so oh, I'm sorry to hear that, lost mate. Lost a great old mate. And uh, when you had Ken's traffic as a mate, you had a bloody hell of a good mate. You had a mate for life. Yeah. And he more or less treated me like like a, another son of his, you know. Yeah, a, sure. a, another son. I'd, I'd eat their house at night and June and Ken, they just looked after me and they were just bloody – just. Great, you know. Yeah, so he took you under his wing and when you first started and he was based at Charters Towers as well? That's correct, yes. Yeah. He, he was the boss of Charters Towers and like when you say Charters Towers, the each stock squad area had had a, had a big area. We went from LR Ish on the coast up just south of Innisfail yeah. to Kalen on the coast Yeah, and uh, right out west of uh, Max Welton to uh, to a place called Nelia and that was our area. Oh, was that? It was yeah. a, big, a big area to cover. Yeah, and wow. And just... Um, there was two in the stock squad there, and I got seconded in as the third third officer. Yeah, okay. And um, and that's where I kicked off. I did about ten months or so, and the and uh, they applied to try and get a, a third person there. Oh wow! And uh, when they got the uh, position, Gazette, I applied for it, and naturally I got the job. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so it was it was great. Yeah. And uh, so, what was the whole? What was the whole? You based at Charters Towers, and would you get? Branch out from there, or do you, how did that? How does that all work? Well, w- with stock investigation, um, it sort of goes into uh, what they call proactive and reactive. Yeah. Um, like we were always getting complaints from from anywhere, from you know north of Tully to west of Jurja Creek, of uh, stock stealing, horse stealing, sheep stealing. You know, bloody beasts killed beside the road, or yeah. anything to do with stock. 
in anywhere we could get a phone call or get contacted to to go and investigate that complaint. Yeah. Now, as well as that, we uh, we police the sale yards and the meatworks. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, yeah, you yeah. went to the meatworks, checked the cattle going through the meatworks, and uh, and and you had to fit this in in amongst your other musters or investigations. Yeah, sure. Uh, but we tried to get to. Um, like back in those days, and it's certainly changed now, we had a meatworks at Pentland. We had um, uh, two meatworks in Townsville plus a metropolitan meatworks at Bowley, or three. We had a meatworks at um, and at Bowen as well. Yeah. And uh, outside our area, there's, there's a queer meatworks at Cairns and Innisfail and Quite often we would have to go to there and check cattle there as well that were being. So you're constantly moving around. Oh no, it was it was a it was a full on job, and a hell of a lot of hours. Yeah, you know, like, sounds like, like it. we never worked. Stock squad fellas in those days we never worked eight to four, general duties hours. We worked, you know, whatever. We worked stock people's hours, country people's hours, whatever, whatever it took. We we did those hours. We did yeah. a lot, a lot of early starts, a lot of late finishes, and um, a hell of a lot of travelling as well. Wow. Yeah, well, I suppose it would be you have to such a vast area to cover too. And because you're covering a lot of rural areas as well, not just the metropolitan areas for the meatworks and that, if you're checking cattle properties and, yep. um, you know, I could imagine like, like I can imagine some of the distances you'd have to travel just to get like to deal with a with an inquiry or a complaint. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I can give you one example. Yeah. Shortly after I was in the squad, we, we did a big drug job up in the north. We used to yeah. do a lot of, like, drug plantation jobs as well. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. And, so um, you catered to that too. That as well. Yeah. And, and rural crime in general. Um, yeah. We went from, we left um, near Ainsley very early in the morning and we drove to um, Claremont. Yeah, right. Right down to Claremont. It was a big day, mm. big day. And uh, b- back in those days, it was... I was a little bony-ass creature and <laughs> I had a big sergeant on one side, another sergeant on the other side and I was in the middle like a bloody grasshopper with my knees under me bloody chin and my bloody little bony-ass and the seat pushed in the middle. <laughs> These fellas used to smoke too. Did I see cupping all the chain smoke? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we'd, we'd sitting in the middle of that seat of that old Toyota I had. A lot of bloody hard ass miles, <laughs> I tell you. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, that would have hardened you up a bit too. That would. Ah, yeah, yeah. oh, wow. Well, like we cook, we we take you know dry salt, corn meat, few spuds, onions. Oh, did you? And we always you know camped out. Oh. We never camped in anyone's station, or yeah. we camped out in the bush. Yeah. Uh, if we're doing musters or we wanted to check stock, we'd uh, take horses with us. Oh wow! Always take our horses and. Um, and yeah, and so it was. Really, you're really a traveling, traveling ringer, you know. It sounds like it, doesn't it? But really, doing what I, I love doing. Yeah, of course. And, and getting paid for it. Yeah, know? it sounds and like paid and, well for it. Yeah, yeah that's mm. awesome. Yeah, I could, yeah. See, I could see, uh, I could see the, the want for it, or like you know, like you get the need to do it. Like it mm. would be very appetizing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah there's certain dangers in certain areas. Oh, of course, you know, it'd we, be. You know, we sort of had a bit of an idea sometimes, place that we went to that, you know, they'd probably like to see us shot dead <laughs> rather than find stolen cattle. So the times were a bit wary. <laughs> did you, like, did you have towns or cities that you're like, oh, man, stay the fuck away from there? <laughs> yeah. Did you have any of those that you were like, oh? Or did we, was it sort of like, 
Um, Generally speaking, if you went to, a, if you're looking around and you're seeing a place, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and all around the fence has got trespassers, will be prosecuted. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't go through this don't gate. <laughs> you know, you, there's, there's something's away. on. There's either <laughs> stolen cattle in there or some big fat marijuana plants <laughs> growing. <there. laughs> a little bit of extra green yeah. on the yeah. on the property. Um, what was it? What was sort of like some of the cases that you had to deal with, like at the start? Like, did they throw you right in the deep end, or were you sort of like weaned into it? Well, uh, you would have well, had some vast knowledge anyway. I mean, dealing with what you're dealing over the years prior to working there. Well, like to to be a fair income stock shot officer in those days, well, you had to be a, a reasonable horseman. Yes. Um, above all, and I think one well, was a was a good bushman. Good bushman. A good a bushman. Good, yeah. Uh, be able to follow tracks, stock yeah. tracks. Human tracks, any tracks, car tracks, yeah. follow tracks through any terrain, um, you know, and, and a good stockman, be able to put a mob of cattle together with ease yeah. um, and all types of wild cattle, buddy, and also sheep, you know, you sheep. sheep sheep in that country, sheep complaints um, and also horse horse complaints. But yeah. you had to be a good, like a good horseman, a good stockman and a good bushman um, that sort of knew... You could be thrown into any sort of terrain, yeah. any sort of country, and be able to just adapt to it straight away. We had pretty good maps, oh, yeah. but we had yeah. no GPSs like we've got today. You, or you went out in a horse in the morning and you'd ride probably all day and, and you'd have to find your way back to camp. But, but that was more or less like that was sort of bread and bloody into me with my previous bloody work. Well, and that, yeah, you know, that's what I figured. I figured yeah. you were literally built for it. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, well, that's what old Bill McGrath said to Bullia. Yeah. He said, Terry, he said, mate, we're, we're screaming out for young fellas with your your knowledge and background to join the police and get into the stock squad. Yeah, yeah it makes and, sense. Um, yeah. No, yeah. good No, good on you, mate. There's, it's just – it's a fascinating thing from, my, from a person outside looking in. Like, you know, like I hardly even knew prior to – well, actually – you know, I grew up in metropolitan areas my whole mm. entire life. So yeah. the whole rural scene and the stock and all that, and the, mm. you know, that whole cattle industry and everything, like it was all, this was all new to me when I moved to Rocky. So yeah. to hear about a person who's a police officer that actually like rides horses and goes out rural and then checks on cattle and stock and all that, it was all, it was all pretty interesting to me when, when Knuckles was explaining to me what you did for a job. And I was like, "Whoa! I didn't even know that existed at that time." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? so. yeah, and and because <clears throat> a lot of certain uniform sections, they said, "Oh, you know, look at those stock squad dickheads they're cruising <laughs> around the countryside. You know, they're on travel allowance. So, you know, they're bloody, bloody well paid tourists. You know, but <laughs> but a lot of them didn't really realise the amount of what work. we did. The amount of work, that, yeah. the amount of work that goes into a good cattle stealing brief is sometimes all I had." One case there where the yeah. where the prosecutor said, "I've investigated and, and looked at a lot of bloody um, you know murder briefs," and he said, "This is more complex, and and you've got to have the understanding of the industry and, and the stock and everything to really yeah. get your and get your head around it." Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah so. definitely. But was yeah. that was that some of the things that you had to deal with as well as like that sort of that type of crime where it involved like like murders and stuff like that or well, I did that later on and I'll probably get that later on when yeah. I get in the general CIB. Ah, oh, okay, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I sure. got to the stage in my service where where Ken Straffles said, "Well, TJ, I, I'd actually done seven months relieving in the Townsville CIB during because uh, okay. I was at Charterstown Stock Squad for six years." Ah, oh, right. Yeah, okay, and, and, and um, I'd done. 
you know, um, seven months in Townsville and, and, and throwing straws straight in the deep end with, with the best police officers, yeah. fellow Len Potts and Chris Lill, and Chris unfortunately not with us anymore, and they yeah. really helped me and they, you know, if there's a major job, I'd get, you know, I'd get the arrest and they'd help me and throw me in and a lot of support, a lot of court work, you yeah, know. Yeah, okay. And, and probably that was the one of the, one of the things that always, um, it didn't frighten me, but you're always nervous about going to court yeah. and be cross-examined by, you know, very experienced bloody legal people. Yeah, top sure. Top counsel and that and. And just getting grilled and round and round the mulberry bush they take you, but uh, that was probably one of the toughest sides of even like stock yeah, stock okay. investigation. Yeah, you know, you know um, I can tell you a bit about a job there later on too. I'll go on to it yeah. a bit, but yeah, um, right. That'd be good. probably when I first started, I, I worked with Kent. Well, actually, I'll, I'll just go back to basics. Yeah, let's go back. I arrived at Charters Towers. Yep, a single man um, living in the police barracks. Okay, yeah, sure. And you arrived in those days, you had, I think you had three days, what they call transfer leave. Yeah, okay. So I travelled from Mergen to Charters Towers overnight in Bowen. And uh, <clears throat> I arrived there and first afternoon I met Ken Strafeld, big raw yep. bone, hard looking bastard. And I <laughs> well, geez, he's going to be a tough boss. But he's one of the yeah. first things, he, 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 they all called me TJ, his brother yeah. did too. TJ, can you break in a horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I broke in on a few. <laughs> he said, well, he said, I he, he, I got a couple of ponies I want broken in for the kids, he said. Yeah. He said, um, we'll get into them first thing in the morning, eh? <laughs> this is on my travel leave, transfer leave. So, so I broke the two ponies in for his kids. So that was my first job, <laughs> before, first I, job before, before, before I started. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but um, <clears throat> uh, as I said, Ken was very experienced, thorough, very thorough. Mm. Um and uh, we got a call. Uh, there was, um, I, I think, from memory, this is going back to 1977, Christmas 77. We got a call about, I think, 36 cattle had been shot and horse over oh. 90 miles of road between Pentland and Richmond. Wow. They'd been shot beside the road. Yeah, okay. With, with um, automatic uh, rifle. Wow. And... Um, so Ken and I, we head out and I think there was three or four that were gut shot down in a paddock that I had to shoot, put them out of their oh, misery. Oh, true. You know? Yeah, right. Just, anyway, wherever, where, where, wherever they were shot, beside the road was a heap of spent shells, yeah, 20, sure. 22 caliber yeah. spent shells. And every now and then one had a, a crimp in the end of the projectile and was spat out. Oh. With, with the spent shell, like yeah, okay, the jam and it spit it out, yeah, right, yeah. And and I think in the end of the day, when I put the court brief together, um, put something like seven or eight hundred spent shells, Re- wow, uh, over ninety mile distance of road. Yeah. And as I said, the thirty six, I think, cattle, mostly cows, and one horse. Okay, so we went out. We we gathered all the spent shells and bagged them and all that and and um, and these ones with the crimp in them. Yeah. So we we flattened out. <clears throat> we we did a lot of miles. We interviewed graziers, bloody train people on the trains. You know that was along the western line there. Yeah. Um, oh, like publicans, bloody postmasters, everyone that might have seen someone 
that night coming and going. Yeah, right. So, um, and kangaroo shooters. So we went, we did this for about, oh, a fortnight, so, three yeah. weeks, fortnight. Might a bit longer. And Ken Strafield said, um, look, I better get back to Charters Towers. Um, you stay out here and, and do a bit more investigation. And, and I said, what if I start doing some night, night, like, you know, midnight sort of after shifts and talk to, say, kangaroo shooters, pig shooters and anyone, you know, yeah. that might have seen these fellas. Yeah, of course. And we didn't know we didn't know where they come from or who they were or what their story was. So out I go and um, I come across a bloody carload of louts just before daylight. I pulled them over. I told them who I was, yeah, and I said we're looking for someone who shot all these cattle, yeah. And they said, well, if we think we we know, you know, who, who it was, we we saw him, we talked to him, and yeah, oh, right, huh? And anyway, they said, well, we were going down the road, and they passed us, and they one of them put his gun out the window. Oh, true. And and they said, well, we got guns too. We can put a gun out the window. So we passed them. Yeah. We put our guns out the window, you know. You're not the only bus in the west yeah. with a gun, you know. Yeah. So, That's a good so point. He said, well, yeah. Just about daylight, they pulled up beside the road, had a couple of stubbies, they said, and there was a mimosa bush. And there's a little willy wagtail in this mimosa bush. Yeah. And they said, Well, oh, buddy, look at that little bastard. We'll shoot him, you know. So they got this bloody automatic, bloody this Sterling, bloody 22, and took to, and they shot this little willy wagtail. Yeah. And I said, can you show me where that happened? And they said, yeah, it's just not far down the road here. So up we went. And anyway, there we are. <clears throat> There's the spent shells and lo and behold, in uh, those spent shells, one round with a crimp in the projectile in that pile. So I said, this is our man. This oh, is our man. Oh, wow, yeah. And I said, well, right, what did they, um, uh, what did they, you know, what did they look like? They give us a rough description. I, I said, oh, where did they come from you know they said oh somewhere down the coast we don't really know they never mentioned somewhere down the coast you know mm. sort of south of Townsville somewhere so I said well what happened then and one fellow said well he said we come back to the railway quarters these fellas were railway workers oh yeah we come back to the railway quarters we had a couple more stubbies and um one bloke said hang on a minute he said I took a photograph of those fellas with my camera Oh, no. I said, bullshit. He said, yeah, and I got I, my camera is a film with their photographs in it. Oh, really? So anyway, I got their camera and got the photographs out of it. And um, so that's all right. Yeah. So Ken Strafelt sent me down to um, to go to all the police stations south of Townsville to see if these fellas were known. Mm-hmm. Got beautiful, clear photos of them. So I, 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 I um, got to air and... Um, there was a fellow, Kenny Scanlon was the detective sergeant there. Yeah. And um, Greg Warns was the other detective. And I said, you know these pair of roosters? They said, yep, they're their, our local buddy hoodlums. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, sure. So and I won't mention names. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, where are they? They said, well, about 10 minutes ago, then there's a milk bar down the road, having a milkshake in that milk bar. So anyway, we went and got them. Uh, cut a long story short, got their rifles, um, and what their story was that um, they were going west, drinking rum and driving, going to Mount Isa. Yeah. And they almost hit a cow near Pentland. Yeah. So they said every cow they saw 
after that they're going to shoot them <laughs> beside the road, you know, <laughs> so, which they did. <laughs> but then even Jeez, worse than this, when they left Ewenden in daylight, like this would have been probably 8 o'clock in the morning, heading yeah. west to Richmond, Yeah, not far, probably 20K east to Richmond, there was an old pension of horse, mm. an old bay horse which belonged to the owner. Yep. He worked him for years you know, on his property. Had him in the front paddock just as his old mate and pet. Yeah, yeah, He was just standing there near the grid to go into the station. Yeah. And uh, they shot him dead. This poor old horse just blew him away, you know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think out of all of it, that was probably the most horrific. But anyway, they were were charged. They were charged and uh, I charged them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went before Judge Hanger. Yeah, what a name for a judge. I oh, know, jeez, isn't that he scary? Have, he, should have kept, he should have kept up to his name, but unfortunately <laughs> he didn't. But, he didn't, did he? But uh, he was a very good judge. Anyway, they got um, they had to pay restitution for the shot cattle and the yeah. horse, and um, and they got fines. Uh, mm-hmm. Fines. They didn't. They didn't get any jail time. Yeah, and one one fellow had a bit of previous for shooting goats. So. Oh, did oh, really? So I, was, I, I was a bit, you know, a bit put off at the time, but that was. Uh, you know, early in the piece, getting used to what uh, what, it, what, what the, the legal was like. system was like. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, it makes sense. But they were they were they were cooperative. With, you know, when I when I got them, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were good. They spilled their beans and said, "Yeah, right, as okay, we'll wear it." You know, yeah, yeah, cop that on the chin. We had them sort of stitched up. Yeah, yeah. And when course. we matched up the you know the the gun and the projectiles and everything was all yeah scientifically, we had them stitched up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, um, Clear cut. Anyway, I finished up getting a. Uh, uh, commissioner's commendation. Is it really? The work I did on putting oh, nice. it all together with the projectiles. and Wow, uh, that's cool. Yeah, so... Um, what, like, would the restitution, would it be like to cover the cost of what I suppose those cattle would have been for, for sale? Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately at the time, the, the cattle industry was at a bit of a low. Yeah. And so those those people got them like the market value. Yeah. Okay. At the time, at the time. we... We'd give them, get a valuation from a, a licensed valuer. Yeah, okay. And he'd say, "Well, you know, this cow would be worth this and this and this." And, yeah. And that's what'd go to court to the magistrate, then the judge, and he'd decide. And um, they, they they agreed to pay restitution, which they did. Yeah. And they copped them, copped a fine. Is it just the two of them? Just the two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. 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 Two, yeah. yeah. two mates. Two mates. Yeah. It's funny how they end up getting a photo with them. <laughs> it's funny how the others end up getting a photo with them. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I just about kissed these pair of asses. <laughs> you beauty, you know. Yeah, like, couldn't couldn't wait to get the film back to Charles uh, Townsend. You couldn't write it, but you couldn't get it any better, oh, you know. And get get it developed and. Oh, either I know, like beautiful. They stand there behind the railway barracks with a stubby in the hand, a big smile on their face, and yeehaw, we got you. How often was how often was it to to deal with dealing with stolen cattle? Was was it quite common? Oh, over the years it has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. just you know, it's one it's of funny. the tough like one of the toughest aspects of stock investigation. Um, well, number one that established that it is a fair income complaint. Yeah, you know, okay. you do have yeah. grumpy ones, and you yeah, do have okay. ones that, like, people have made complaints to probably when there's a marriage split up, ah, to, okay. to sort of yeah. cut their partner out of stock. Yes, um, it sometimes it could be an insurance claim oh. coming up. You know, yeah, uh, but you had to sort of look pretty deeply into c- complaints. But then once they made a complaint, the biggest thing was the distance of time between when the offence. Occurred, and when you were told about it, yeah, okay, you know, like a lot of those big properties out there, um, they 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 do a calf round or a muster round and put all their stock through the yards, 
and they mightn't go near them for another six or eight months. Yeah. So then in that interim time, it might be the day after they let out of the yard they were stolen. Uh, Next time okay. they find their bloody few hundred head stock, you know, stolen or calves or whatever, and like you're you're eight months behind or six months behind, and like like we just about bloody throw a bloody party if we got something that was fresh, yeah, fresh okay. tracks, fresh bloody, oh, okay, fresh yeah. horse manure, you know, fresh cut fences, um, you know, you'd say you beauty, we, we can more on the money. something to really run with here and now, you know, yeah, yeah. But when it's happened eight months ago and you're asking people, I said, oh, I don't uh, remember. Yeah, and that's it. That was the biggest problem with investigating stock offences was, was the you know the time lapse between when the um, when the offence actually occurred and when the complainant or the grazier or farmer found definitely he'd lost the stock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that could that could be quite frustrating. I can I'd I'd understand like oh, oh oh it is you know and and not putting the industry down. Yeah. Um, back. You know, when I was in, in the game and before even more so, like properties employed a lot of people. Yeah. You know, you had boundary riders, you had young fellas checking fences and bores and uh, you had a lot of people around properties. Mm-hmm. And with the, you know, with the cost of living, cost of wages, uh, cost of transport, all the, all the extra costs of surviving on a on a holding – yeah, they they naturally cut down on on their staff numbers. Yeah, of course. So you had less <clears throat> less people running around those properties checking on things. Yeah, you know, they mightn't go to a certain bore or dam for three months, or you know, um, and uh, whereas before they'd be fairly regularly visited. Yes, but it's just the economics of the time really dictated their employment numbers on pastoral holdings. Yes. And um, like back when I, when I was sort of working, when I left in sort of 75, 76, um, like stock people were employed all the year round. You had Christmas off or whatever. Uh, now a lot of places, they're either the family run and their own family, children or relations to help them do the mustering. Yeah. Um, uh, or... You know, they get a contract muster in yep. for a couple of months of the year, two or three months, helicopter, contract, bang, 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 bang. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brand the calves, rush the stock tree, take off the sale cattle or culls or whatever. And you got less people looking at that hole and going around checking it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that that gives the crooks opportunity, you know. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, that like bush people are the most, you know, the most cunning. Calculating people to if they're going to do something dishonest, you got to get up pretty bloody early to bloody do it. Get under them because they they've got to they've spent months planning out how they're going to steal these cattle or cover the tracks or yeah. where the best place to go through the fence was or you know you got to be sort of up there with it a bit because you know they they in town in general bloody bloody thieves and crooks while they go and do a break and enter or steal a car yeah or, you know it's you know you, you can track them up pretty quick um but when when they've calculated and worked out you know <laughs> and, and the, another big aspect of it is you know a lot of offenses are committed by and and they didn't by their neighbors you know by the oh, next door neighbors okay yeah and of course the next door neighbor knows that oh tommy jones next door he's going away for a fortnight down the coast or he's got a Pick the kids up from boarding school, and he's going to wait for a fortnight. And there's going to be no one there, and a lot of a, a lot of local knowledge 
yeah. helps helps the offenders yes. steal the cattle and mm. you know like and and a lot of times you know we've looked into it and we said well yeah your next door neighbour's bloody got these steers or cows or whatever and they said no way no he's a pretty good fellow yeah he'd been over here for he was over here for dinner last Sunday you know yeah yeah of course yeah. yeah but. So yeah, he might have been, but he knocked your cows off. You know, you know like it's all a ruse. Like yeah. it, it's sort of. Um, and another thing, it seemed to be, you know, over the years, I was in the stock squad for a lot of years. It was a bit of a bit of a hereditary sort of a thing, you know. If mm. fell granddad, buddy stole cattle. His buddy son stole cattle, and young fellow's father stole cattle, and that's what they've been doing for years. Yeah, and um, yeah. and it has, doesn't have to be a. Doesn't have to be a hell of a lot, yeah. You know, because um, you got to prove the big thing. You got to prove that you know that they stole them and they had knowledge of it. You know, and um, and that it wasn't a mistake, yeah, or an accident or whatever. And of course, this day and age, people say, "Oh well, you know, the backpackers drafted them." <laughs> you know, we didn't know what was in the yard. We had the backpackers, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't. You know, and, they didn't know. And, and, and that's like. <clears throat> It's like a lawful excuse they've got responsibility yeah. for, but but the other thing was, um, you know, they they sort of played on that a bit. And if you pull up a truck like I used to, a big part of my service with the stock was stock interceptions. Okay, wherever I went, if I seen a truckload of of bloody stock, whether it was a bloody little Toyota Diner with two potties in it, oh yeah, yeah, or bloody six decks of bloody bullocks, you know, yeah. I'd pull them up. Yeah, because they used to have to have, to have a travelling was waybill originally, then NVD waybill. Yeah, uh, with the description of stock on that waybill. Yeah, radio. Yep. So um, the real good operators, they throw a few neighbours in. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. And, and two things that happen. Number one, if the stock squad caught them in there. Yeah, and we only get the ones we pull up. Yeah, a lot goes past we don't pull up. <laughs> um, and oh, it was a mistake. They must have got in there. Yeah. Um, so they've got in the criminal code. If it's a genuine mistake, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. You can't beat that in law. You know, you yeah, can't sure. beat it. You know. Uh, but um, but I used to call them. But yeah. if we'd take them out, ring our mate, say, "Our mate's got three of your bullocks." You know. So we'd get them back. It'd be a recovery. <clears throat> uh, okay, but the other side, I used to call them. FPs. Okay. I'd say today the boss I found a couple of FPs today. Freight payers. <laughs> you know, freight payers. <laughs> if you're sending a load of yeah. load of cattle and you put three strangers in there and Covers if the, the stock squad didn't pick it up and the meatworks, they just go through, you know. They yeah. go through with the rest of them. And they didn't and, and, and the beasts would be killed at the meatworks and uh, you get the money and that's three thousand for three bullocks pays your freight. Yeah, there you go, it covers it, doesn't and, it? And there's nothing we can do about it. If they say it's a mistake, it's a genuine mistake, you know, I'll offer FPs. They go. <laughs> <laughs> I helped out a fair bit over the years without being big time by yeah. thieves, you know. Did you ever have like a recollection, like do you have a recollection of some of like the bigger, like some of the biggest ones, like the biggest thief, like the biggest amount of cattle stolen in one go or anything like that? or Yeah, well. Was, or what did they keep the numbers low so it, it was more – not so obvious. Oh no, no. Um, like up in the Gulf, there, um, I think Strathbourne Station, there was quite a few thousand head stolen. Really? Um, back, wow. And I, I was sort of on the edge of that investigation, 
um, because I was at Charles Towers, I wasn't oh, there. Oh, yeah, but, of course, yeah. But um, did a lot of inquiries. And they're actually stolen up there and um, the offenders, they went to jail up there. Oh, wow. Um, there was a carrier who was involved with it. Oh, really? He okay. went to jail. Yep. And there was a um, there was a stock agent and a um, a member of the legal fraternity. They were involved in the in the was, southern end of it. Oh wow! So they're all like conspiring. Yeah, like it's a it's a big you know you had the the masters, the carters, and the marketers from from you know wow. right north of, north of Croydon there to uh, and they sold them through the sort of Dolby Twombaoki. So they sold the cattle down south. Yeah. Wow. You know so. Um, that was one of the biggest ones. Um, uh, in, in more recent times here, when I was a coordinator here, there was a big job. Yeah. Family around Bowen there, they, they pinched a lot of cattle. Did they? Um, I think we gave up back about oh, 300 something head, I think. Yeah, you know, wow. Wow. Uh, which we recovered uh, of stolen cattle. And, and those, those cattle there, they were over branded. Okay. Over, uh, they were over branded and had the earmarks changed. Ah, uh, okay. Cut out. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, yeah, that is one of the bigger ones. I've investigated one up near Cloncurry, four hundred head of cows and calves. Jeez, that went out, went missing and a mob of bulls. Um, yeah, we sort of didn't we didn't solve that. Um, we have offenders we know of, but yeah. just can't sort of break through that. Did geez, that takes some balls to do that, eh? And then and then sit there and rebrand all those amount. Of- that amount of cattle as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy, isn't no, it? Um, oh no, there's, yeah. Then and that's your major, like that's your major stock offences. Then you come down to the next level. Someone goes out of town, drives out past Gracemere, there sees a fat cow in a paddock, shoots and butchers. Yeah, yeah. You, know? uh, you get a lot, of, a lot of them. Like yeah. the offence is killing an animal, animal with intent to steal the carcass. Yeah, you get a lot of that and. And, um, you know, I had some very amazing ones. Um, and Ken Strayfield said, always check your crime scene thoroughly because there will be something there that will link to the offender. Yes. It might be a cigarette butt. And back in those days, we never had DNA like we've got today. Yeah, yeah, like you of course. Can get, you can get, you know, offender's DNA off a cigarette butt. Crazy, isn't it? Um, off a bloody lips, off a stubby bottle. Uh, fingerprints off a stubby bottle. We always had... We always had fingerprints, mm-hmm. um, tyre tracks. Uh, back in those days, we used to take plaster casts. Oh, you did? Of tyre tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was always, and boot tracks. Like oh, could, boot tracks, yeah. Distinctive boots, you'll see, look around. And I always say to stock investigators, and I run a course, I run a course down at Milmarin there for a lot of years, a lot of, like 90% of the evidence is on the ground. Yeah. Is on the ground. You look on the ground for cattle tracks, for vehicle tracks, for boot tracks, for any indicators. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's on the ground, but a lot of the sort of more upmarket late series stock squad investigators, you know, they like, you know, when I worked in the Territory in the far west, you you travel by tracks, tracking cattle. Yeah, you sure. Know, track, you always look in the cattle pads and tracks and, 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 and you learn a lot from, lot from the tracks. You would, and, and I tell them, you know, keep keep your bloody head down and watch the tracks. Well, years of doing that, you'd pick up the knack of it, eh? Oh yeah, as I said, I think I mentioned previously that like the Aboriginals in 
in the territory there taught me a hell of a lot about yeah. tracking and yeah. even little little indicators and things that you wouldn't even think about. That's crazy. Like, like their eyes, they were just brilliant eyes, those, yeah. those fellas, and, and, and pick up little tiny tracks or marks that, you know. Normally you wouldn't think white, white people wouldn't even, yeah. even, you know, go anywhere near seeing it until they actually pointed it out to us. Wow. And, and that's a big thing. Um, but as I said, we took plaster casts back in those days. I think this day and age, they um, they'll take a photograph and they'll digitally put it digital in. They'll they'll be able to buddy put another photograph of a tire tread oh, beside yes. it yeah. and, and match it up. And, wow! And and um, like everybody, like a boot print, every boot print, you might have a little rock chip out of one part of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and and someone might walk with one leg. Cocked out a bit to the right, like bloody I am a bit. <laughs> I do. That. And you see the, you see their tracks. Yeah. And then when you see the real, real offender. Yes. Well, look, look how he walks. That's his track, all right. Then you get his boot size and, um, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a hell of a lot more in stock investigation that, that a lot of police give us credit for. You oh, know? you can, yeah, you bloody know, oath there is, know, eh? And um, and as I said, yeah, the sort of buddy. There was that there was that yarn that uh, you talked about with with Knuckles on his podcast and about how you appre- apprehended that con artist, the guy that you were involved with that, weren't you? You give lectures about it and stuff like that. It was the he was he kept um, buy he was trying to buy properties and stuff and oh, falsifying yeah, 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 yeah. documents to yeah, show yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's because like that. Like that in itself is amazing that you guys are involved in that and you guys um, chase that. Like yeah. it just goes to show that the diversity that you were working with yeah. in yep. in your field, like in the yep. stock squad. Yeah. Like investigating that as well. Yeah. That, that's well, crazy. Well, that sort of mentioning names are going yeah. in detail. I first met that offender and his wife um, in the Morven district when I was in charge yeah. of the stock squad. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, this was later on, later, later times. Yeah. Um, then I I more or less tracked him all around Australia. Yeah, know. that's what you're saying. Yeah, like, like it was for, it was amazing, years, amazing yarn. You know, I think in the last end of it, I just see a paper a paper clip a clipping in the paper there. Curry Muller thing was where it might have been a Sydney paper where they his last time he was caught, and I sort of helped it all away. Yeah, because I think twenty three million dollars worth of fraud was. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm, yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing. And I um. You know, I sort of fold him all the way around, you know. Yeah. And he went missing for a while and he came back and he kept changing his name. Yes, you know, that's right. Track him up again and <laughs> he goes somewhere else and steal more gear and change his name yeah. again. And, um, yeah, in actual fact, I went down to New South Wales and I gave a big a big lecture at, um, at uh, Dubbo. Oh, did you? And, I remember uh, you saying something about that. Yeah, yeah a big lecture about it. As, you know, with his profile and photographs and what his MO was, you know. Mm. And, and and it wasn't that sort of long after that that I caught up with him down sort of sort of north of Broken Hill. Oh wow! And that's okay, where yeah. he got. But and then he came back to Queensland, and um, in the end of the day, he pleaded guilty to all his yeah. all his charges, fraud and stock theft, yep. and that. And uh, I, I believe he's still still running in the country somewhere in Queensland. Yeah. Think, okay. Yeah. Well, it was just interesting because, like you mentioned how like it wasn't just stock related it was other stuff as well oh was, yeah yeah all that and the fraud and stock all that fraud yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. all that sort of stuff as well you know yeah, like you yeah. you deal with all that you stuff know, and and like that was like 
false stock evaluations, like stock um, certificates saying that, you know, you own 6,000 cattle. Yeah. And and the value of such and such, signed and sealed, mm. all, all been fraud stuff. Yeah. And then going to the bank and say, well, I want so many millions of dollars to buy a property and the bank saying, well, okay, well, we'll yeah. accept it. But I was sort of one buddy, one step sort of, I was just following right around. You yeah. Know? No, it was a good yarn for yeah. people who, yeah. people want to hear that yarn. That was on the Proper yeah. True Yarn podcast. It was one of the early, one of the first episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a great, great, great yarn. Got me hooked right into it. Yeah. So that um, was, uh, so how long, so you did, how long did you do Charles Towers? Six years. Six years, Charles Towers. Yeah. Yep. And where was the oh, next? Um, I went, so you went, I, I got to a stage where um, I wanted to have my own stock squad, be a sergeant yeah. in charge uh, of my own okay. stock squad. Rightio. Yeah. And, and Ken Strafford said, look, it would be a good idea if you applied for CI branch positions, big CI branch, yeah. and get more general, what they call general CIB experience. Yeah, sure. That's, you know, murders, rapes, buddy, everything else yeah. other than stock. Although yeah, I did stock when I was there at times. Um, so, and that's when I... Um, Applied for and uh, and got the uh, Rockhampton Stock Squad and uh, Rockhampton CIB position, nineteen eighty three. Ah, uh, okay, wow. I'll, I'll just yeah, tell sure. you one. Yeah, sure. I'll just to tell you one little story. Yeah, here. please do. When I first went to Charters Towers, I was in uniform. Okay, yep. And and, and there was a senior sergeant there. Is is very he- heavily into um into um traffic offence notices. You know. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And, and you know you could arrest. You know, Jack the Ripper and buddy, three burglars and 27 horse thieves. If you didn't have one traffic offence for the day, there's <laughs> a crime of the century. <laughs> yeah. To the point in time, at three o'clock in the afternoon, he'd get you and say, you know, buddy, buddy Hanley, have you got any traffic offence notice for today? And I said, no, senior, I've done this and this, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, so he'd put you in the car and take you out and he would nominate with his finger, you know, like, no yeah. seatbelt, limb protrude, all this you know, sort mm-hmm. of stuff, you know. And I'd have to write the tickets out. Yeah. And, you know, and like I, I didn't mind giving tickets to Hearns or, or shit houses that bloody, yeah. you know, were dangerous drivers or anything at all that was was bad. But I didn't really appreciate giving tickets to, you know, married women with little kids that were struggling and, yeah, of and, and, you know, battlers. And, and I always thought a warning. A good warning suffice. would suffice, you know. Yeah. And thinking of the reputation of the police force. Of course, yeah, definitely. So anyway, I unfortunately, <laughs> after a few bloody sherbets, <laughs> I told the senior side they should jam the traffic tickets up his ass. <laughs> Which he did not appreciate okay. at all. <laughs> you won the moral, you won the public vote, but I tell you what, you would have been the people's champ. So, so and it was just before Easter, and I was going to go to the the Charters Towers radio. There was a radio and a dog show at Easter. Okay, it's always that's what in those days, and I was going to go to the radio with Ken Strafford and Harry Finnegan, two stock squad fellows, and meet some of the locals and that. Yeah. Anyway, because Saturday morning of the when everyone's coming into town for the um, rodeo and dog show, <coughs> I get put in uh, uniform uh, yeah. to write the traffic tickets out. Uh. Right, and what irked me a bit more than other things 
it was sort of set up where you go from 80 into 60 zone oh, yeah. and people okay. slowing down. Slowing down. And it was just endless cars come from Townsville. And here I am given the job to write the tickets out, you know. So, you know, like, this is this is the way it went. Yeah. So I pull it up. Good morning, you know. Uh, so how are you going? Good. Are you got wife and kids? What are you doing? Charles Towers. Oh, we've come to the dog show. We brought our, our dog up, you know. Oh, yeah. What sort of dog is he? Oh, he's a Chinese Pomeranian or something. <laughs> he's a nice little dog. Has he ever won any prize? Oh, he won last weekend up at Ingham, you know. Well, oh, nice. I said, listen, this is the guy. I said, you're obviously pretty respectable people. You come to Charters Towers to go on the dog show. Yeah. I said, you have been clock speeding here. I said, however, I said, I don't intend to write you out a ticket Yeah. at present. I said, yeah, keep your speed down here, yeah. you know, in Charters Towers. Yeah, that's Towers. good. That's good. I said, you'll have a yeah, – yeah, and, and, and have a happy Easter – and hope your dog wins the prize. Yeah, nice. That's so anyway, really nice. And I got this old sergeant first class. Yeah, he's he's up. He's calling the shots. You know, bloody blue hole and yet green commodore, whatever. He's calling out sixty eight or what it what it what it was. You yeah. Know? Anyway, so this went on and on and on, and and I never saw one what you'd call uh, a hoon or yeah, shit house or whatever. You know, yeah. they were good, generally good people come to spend their. Weekend in Charterstown, spend their money there yep. and do the right thing. Yeah. So then coming from the other way, blood come roaring down from the other way and, and they got him doing about 80 and a 60. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this fellow said, get off, block him up. And I blocked him up. And when I – he had a hold of the station wagon, never forget it. He's jumped out and he's come running at me, you know. Yeah. He said um, – you know who I am. You know who I am. <laughs> I said, mate, wouldn't have a clue. Never seen you before. <laughs> I thought, shit, com- police commissioner's brother. Oh, I'm in the fuck. shit here. You know, so yeah. I thought, you know, I'm in the shit here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he said, well, I'm the Methodist minister from Mount Isa. Really? I said, mate, I don't give a stuff if you're the Pope. <laughs> you're bloody speeding, you old bastard. So I, I wrote him out a ticket. So I gave him a ticket. Yeah, good. Anyway, anyway, that's all right. So time about oh, midday, one midday, lunchtime, this sergeant first class said, oh, well, we'll roll up the bloody gear. And, yeah. Uh, and he said, how many tickets did you get? <laughs> and I said, I got one. <laughs> one? You only got one extra. You didn't. You got more than one. I said, I got one. I said, I did more good yeah. for the Charter Towers police here this morning yeah. than all you bastards done in 10 years. Yeah. I said, they're all good people. They come to town to spend their money here. They're dogs and go on the radio. Yeah. I said, I, I give them a warning and said, don't speed in this town and have a happy Easter. Yeah, that's well, awesome. Well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I sort of that old senior sergeant tore bloody strips off me like bloody kangaroo eyed eyes. He didn't give it to me, but I still say that I say it today. I've told that a million times that I did more. Good, oh, hundred percent, you good, did. You know, bloody oath, you would have. You know, like I, you know, someone's a real hoon, or they. Yeah. I'd, I'd write a ticket out if they were bloody, you know, being dickheads. Yeah, but if they're general people, you know, that family people, women, bloody. So, look, you yeah. know, I'd rather give them a good warning and say, look, do it again. Yeah. 
and you're getting a ticket. Yeah. Okay. Bloody Don't hell. let me see you do it again. Yeah. And I'll give you a ticket. That that, means that's fair you, enough. That means you're not bloody respecting my mm. judgment of bloody not giving you a ticket. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I, I tell them that. Yeah. And um, yeah, mate, that's just one. I think story. that's a bloody brilliant thing, mate. And like, I think people could take a t- take a leaf out of that book because it does make the difference. Hey? Like, I've I've I, my fair share over the time where I've, you know, I've done I've I've been I've been, and I'll give you a perfect example. I'll be cruising along, and I'm 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 nudging, like I'm nudging on yeah. the verge of speed, and yeah. and I'll have a cop give me a flash. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, like he within his right, he could have pulled me over and booked me for it, yep. but he didn't. Yeah, uh, I respect that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the same thing, like if you you know I've, I've been speeding or something, and they, oh, they yeah, give me a to. warning, but it, it goes so much further because it's just like, oh, thank God, that, I appreciate that. You know, yeah, like, well, when you get the point system, and but. You know, unfortunately, these days everything's computerised, mm. and as soon as they lock that speed in, oh yeah, that's it. It goes to Brisbane or even some of them now throw away. They reckon they so well, why? Who's been who's been charged with this this one? Yeah, you yeah, know, that's right. They're going to get a. If there hasn't, you get you know you get in trouble. You're, you're in the rocket. You know, um, I'll tell you a story about a cousin of mine. Do I tell you the story about my cousin going through? Um, um, no, it wasn't my cousin, but. I'll tell you that one about the stop sign. Did I tell you that? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, I'll tell you two stories about the yeah. cousin's first one. Yeah. He was in Brisbane and, and he was he's deceased now, probably. Oh. But he um he had a brand new Humber, bloody little Humber car, brand new. Yeah. Oh, he thought he was bloody, you know, something special. <laughs> he's in Queen Street there, pulls up at the corner where the people walk across. Oh, yeah. Forwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 and the light was red. And uh, and he's perving on all these bloody shearless face shots across the sort of the miniskirt days. He's having, yeah. Jesus Christ, like a smorgasbord here, his record, you know. Anyway, so he, he there's a copper stand on the corner there, oh, see, and he's watching him, see. And because it's turned green and he's still perving at these shearless, and, and then it turns red again, see. <laughs> so he goes over this big traffic cop. Taps on the top of the roof of his car. He winds the window. Hey, Sonny, is there any particular colour you're looking for? He's <laughs> <laughs> our fella, really. He said, any particular colour? Any particular Obviously, colour. red and green doesn't work. With anything, you look, anything you're looking for, he said. <laughs> oh, I love it. Another one, just about a, a traffic copper. Bloody, he was sitting on the stop sign, see? Yeah. <coughs> this young fella, he's got the big new bloody, I think he had a Monaro, this is a long time ago. Yeah. New, and he comes up and there's a stop sign, so he, he's pretty respectful for his new car. He doesn't want anyone running into him. So yeah. he comes up and he looks the left, looks the right. He just sort of dribbles over the stop yeah. sign. He didn't yeah. actually stop. Stop, so but he, like dribbled it, yeah. Anyway, and then he kept going, just gets over the side, and, you know, get over here. He said, um, traffic copper said, he said, you didn't. Stop at the stop sign. He said, officer, he said, I looked the left, looked the right, and I dribbled over, but I didn't stop. And as far as I'm concerned, nearly stopping and stopping's the same, exactly the same. Yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. No one ran into me. And, and the copper said, young fella, step out of the car. He said, step out of the car. So he stepped out. And those days, this is 50 years ago, yeah. those days the policeman had bloody a bat and pocket in the side of their Oh, side okay. of their pants. Yeah. I had one when I first joined up, bat in pocket, and uh, he had this bloody big wooden bat, and see, had a bit of weight in those wooden bats. <laughs> so he, he didn't have a hat on this fella. So he starts, 
hitting him on the top of the head <laughs> with his bat and bang, and bang, bang, and he's pulling his head. Holy shit. He gave him about four or five over the top of the head. Now he said, young fella, you want me to stop hitting you on top of the head or nearly stop hitting you on top of the head? He said, now do you know the difference? <laughs> now do you know the difference? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's only got the point across. He got, he got it across. <laughs> he, he's, he's, uh, his, his bloody chin was about sitting on his chest by this time. You know, he's only, his neck had shortened up by about an inch. You know, another, another, just quick one. Yeah, while go was for it. There was, but we're on traffic and this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. When I was out west, out Charles, I was at Charles for thirteen years in the stock squad there, but. The uniform police have to go and do these traffic patrols in these different sectors, and they had to go and sit there for so many hours, okay. right in remote areas. You know, oh, right, yeah. It was it was a bit ridiculous, but yeah. they, they they went and did it because they had to do it. And yeah, and, and there's west of Adavale there, and this bloody policeman from Adavale is sitting out there, red soil road, no bitch or anything. Yeah, just before Christmas, and he's sitting there, and he's sitting there, and he's been there about six hours, and it's hot, and it's Dusty and flies and shit. And next thing he sees this big cloud of red dust coming, you know. And down the road's coming this bloody big GXL Toyota wagon. <laughs> and this old cocky, he's fair up. He's he <laughs> doing about 140 you know, on this bloody dirt road, you know. Anyway, he steps out and pulls him up, you know. He says, <laughs> he said, you know, he said, I've been sitting here in this heat and dust and flies for six hours. Waiting for you to come along. <laughs> that was his first car for the day. <laughs> and this old, this old grazier fellow said, well, officer, he said, I, I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> he said, I got here, got here as quick as I could. <laughs> well, I don't know whether you got a ticket, but if, oh, if he got a brilliant. ticket, he, he shouldn't have got a ticket. He, oh, just for he that. should have got away with that. Oh, know? I reckon so. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a classic. Yeah. Got here as quick yeah. as I could. Yeah, good. <laughs> You know, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I suppose you'd have you'd have to make a light of some of those situations too, wouldn't you? Yep. Oh, jeez. What's the name? This is me made in the stock squad. Mm. Charles says Harry Finnegan, James Henry Finnegan. Yeah. I say his name. My best mate, best yep. man at my wedding. Oh wow! And cool. Rob and I got married. Best <laughs> nice. man. Nice. And the great greatest fella, but he is Norwich, born in Ireland. Yep. And and a funny bastard, you know. And yeah. he thought about much of traffic tickets as I did, you know. Yeah. And and he came down from Charters Towers to Rockhampton to um in a in a uniform. Yeah. And and anyway, the um I think his his wife's people come from Mount Morgan. Yeah. So they moved down close to the family and that. So anyway, when he arrives, the senior sergeant said, Oh, you know, he 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 said, Well he said, I'll give you a, a locker key and this and that. And, oh, yeah. and he said, yep. I'll, I'll give you some tickets, you know. Oh, okay. He said, <laughs> as in traffic tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry said, this is dead set true. <laughs> oh, that's great. He said, I might sell a few around the bowls club on a <laughs> Sunday morning. He said. <laughs> 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 this old side said, traffic tickets, traffic tickets, Harry. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, don't, know, don't know much about that. <laughs> Well, I forget a bit of instruction to fill one of oh, these. Oh, I love it. You know. Yeah, so 
Pretty much. I guess with the stock squad, I guess it's not just cattle and stuff. You'd have like all kinds of other animals too. It'd be like, I guess, horses and all that sort of bit. So what, horses would be oh, one yeah, as well? Yeah, and yeah. That? No, horses and sheep, goats, pigs, yeah. all, all of them, you know. But I just got a couple of horse jobs. Like Charles Tows was a place there used to be a lot of bloody horses stolen, different things. Yeah, sure. But um, one comes to mind was a woman from Winton. Yeah. Rang me. And she said that she bought a, a mare for a daughter. Yeah. And, and it was a little bit hard to handle. Yeah, sure. And someone says, suggested that she give the mare to this drover who was going from Winton to Yondon yeah. and take the mare with him and work work this mare down so yeah, sure. she could handle it a bit better, which was a good idea and yeah. obviously did a good job too. So anyway, she um, she lent, lent the mare to this fella, this drover, and he went down... After a couple of months, two or three months, she, she sort of knew that he'd got to Yondon with the cattle. Yeah. And she rang him up and said, oh, um, let's ring him up about my daughter's mare, you know. Mm. Oh, he said, most terrible thing happened, he said. He said she uh, got bitten by a big snake, he said. Big western brown out near Caulfield. Ah, and okay. she died out there. And she said, oh, that's terrible, you know. She said, uh, oh, well, you know, why didn't you ring him? He said, oh, well, you know, he said, oh. I've been going there, but I keep forgetting about it, you know. He said, so right, so anyway, she rings me at Charterst House. Yeah. And she told me the story. And uh, I said, all right, I said, I've got to head out next Tuesday. I'll see what I can sort of find out. You know? Yeah, sure. Because she told me that the driver's name and that. Yep. So anyway, on the, on the Sunday, a daughter went in a bus to Ewenden from Winton mm-hmm. to play netball or one of those like oh, yeah. women's sport. Yep. And when she got near town, on the town common there, he was her mayor walking along the side of the road. True. Yeah, so she pulled the bus up and got out. And, <laughs> That's my mayor, you know. <laughs> so she patted her and I think she got a photograph. I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> anyway, she rings me up that night and says, well, my daughter saw that mayor. On the town common at Yonder. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I said, no, nah, good. Thanks a lot for that. And I said, well, see how yeah. we can go. So old Harry Finnegan and I took horses out and we, we mustered these common horses into the yard. Yeah. And um, this mare, she had a brand on a near side shoulder. And we drafted her up, I drafted her off. And anyway, um, that's all right. We had her in the yard there. And anyway, when seen this fella and. Uh, I won't mention any names. Yeah. Said, mate, um, what's her name? Like a woman rang me from Winton about this horse that that her daughter had lent you to sort of work, work yeah. you know, and um, what happened to the horse? Mm. Oh, he said, he said, oh, biggest bloody mulga snake, biggest western brown, he said, bit that poor bloody mare, he said, and killed her. <laughs> he said, meanwhile, I got the mare in the yard. <laughs> yeah. And he said, and, uh, he said, uh, I said, well, are you prepared to take me out to the where she got bitten by the snake? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and show me bloody the carcass of the man, bones or something, must be something still yeah, left there. of course, definitely. Oh, he said, no, he said, no, I couldn't do it. He said, mate, you know, he said, that down's going to be out there. He said, there's bloody boar pigs as big as buffaloes. He said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, there wouldn't be a scrap left. There'd be nothing yeah. left. He said, I said, oh, right, oh. I said, okay. I said, right, you Prepared to come for a drive with us to the trucking yard, and he said, "Yep." Yeah, we went. 
There's some mess. <laughs> but I said, what do, you, what do you got to say for yourself? And he said, well, I suppose I can say I'm a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was looking around the mirror and anyway, on the other side of it, he'd, he'd put his brand on an offside shoulder as well. Ah, uh, okay. Not only but he kept it, but he, he sort of buddy, you know, confirmed that by putting his lawful brand on the other side, there's his mare. So is his mare, saying, yeah. Anyway, she got a mare, got a pony back, and um, so he, I think he got a thousand dollars fine. Did he? Was yeah. it? Did he, was it? Did he let it go after that first phone call? You reckon? Is that what it, it was? Do you reckon he would? No, he would have had it on the common. Oh, he would have had it yeah, on the common. Yeah, okay, he, right. just, he just lived in town there. Oh, okay. He right just yeah. would let his driver's horse go on the oh, common. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. And he yeah. just let, she was just running with these other horses. Oh, horse. okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Just dead said he was dead to her luck that <laughs> she, just she, she could have gone there. Like, yeah. I was going to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday or so about, about you know, um, where, where the bloody horse was. Uh, I okay. wanted to see the bone. I wanted to see something. Yeah, yeah. Bit sure. of horse hide or something. Yeah, like. okay. But when when she said it's there, so I was like, oh, we go. <laughs> we can we can stitch him up. <laughs> stitch him up. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was what you call staffed. He was. <laughs> he was staffed. Anyway, pleaded guilty. He did the right thing. Yeah, fair enough. So anyway, another job we had. There was a poor old fella. He was between the Townsville Racecourse and what they call Anumba the there. Yep. And he lived on a little block. Old retired ringer fella. Oh he yeah. He had had his best old horse behind. Behind in a little paddock behind his house there, and he used to feed him in paddock and that. Yeah, and behind there's a lot. There's a lot of creeks running through there, a lot of saltwater creeks, and off the Ross River there, and a lot of mud crabs and that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this fella goes down this morning to, to, um, to, you know, give his horse a feed or give him a pat, you know, and he finds him dead. Oh shit! And his bloody his near side rump's been a big lump of rump's been cut out of the horse. You know? Oh really? And the rest of like the rest of there just his rump. You know. Yeah. So he rang us and old Harry and I went straight down, and uh, when we got down there, um, all I could find was bloody couldn't find any tracks much there, but just near there was a bloody push bike track. Really? A, push- bi- a bicycle track. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, finished up tracking it up and. Made inquiries, door knocked about anyone seen anyone on a on a bloody push bike and in this particular area and then a few people said, Oh, there's a young fella goes up that way, you know. Yeah. Um and anyway, yeah, so we, we we tracked him down and um yeah, he'd shot the bloody horse for, for crab bait. Is that for, what for it crab, was? For crab pot bait, yeah. Just for crab pot just bait. Kill this poor old horse just for his rump for a crab pot bait. Oh, yeah. you're kidding. Yeah, yeah. That was on the front page of the Townsville Bully when we captured him, put him before the court. Yeah, this old bloke. I think he would have less about shot him if he would have got his hands oh, on him. Oh, for he sure. Was, he, was just, he was just devastated, you know. I don't blame and, him, mate, because like they become that's like their family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. No, we we um, yeah you know, we had jobs where like pigs, people fattening pigs, um, <laughs> you know, in styes and yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, other people come along and just taking their. Their pig out of really? the sty and that you get plenty of that. Yeah, pigs, uh, not so much sheep up in that country. Although those uh, sheep jobs a- out west. Yeah. Um, I recall one job. Um, there was a woman. Her husband died, young. He's yeah. in his forties. Oh, and on a big place west of, between Max Walton and uh, Nonda there. Mm-hmm. And um, he he left without a will. Oh, okay. And, and um, it was put in the hands of the Queensland trustees. Okay. Yeah, sure. And they um, 
they put a caretaker fella on just to look after yeah. for him. Um, and she was, meantime, she was in Townsville um, taking an ironing to yeah. bloody, to live and, and bloody put a, two little kids through to sc- oh, school. Yeah, sure. And the place was worth, you know, a lot of money and a lot of cattle there. Yeah. So this fella, I think he, I think he branded 76 clean skin calves off her cows, you know. Oh, shit. With yeah. his own brand. With his own brand. And he had them in, in, in anyway, we went there. And Harry and Australia and I, and we, we mustered them. And um, actually, that was a funny story in there too. <laughs> we, we mustered them. We put them in the yard and there they were. And, mate, these were like these hadn't been handled at all, you know. Yeah, like, okay. They were bloody put you up the rails, so bloody <laughs> crank, you know. We got this old fella and his old name was Joe, see. I won't say more than that, but yeah. anyway, Ken Strafsell said, to him, What's, where'd, you, where'd you get these calves from, you know. Mm. He'd been looking after this place for a while. He said, "Oh, they're me, me dinky vit potties, me dinky vit, dinky vit potties, me dinky vit potties." So he said, "Well, get in that yard and you start patting all them bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they dock yards over here. I've got any one of them. You know, as these dinky vit potties." So we charged him with suspicion of stealing. But it was a funny thing happened that that bloody night, and bloody Stroh, he's, he's gone. He's deceased. Harry's deceased. Yeah. I'm the only one to tell the tale about this one. But we were camped out in our swags on the ground and the bloody mosquitoes would tear you apart, you know. Yeah. And and I and there was this bloody prickly bush um, on this place, um, thorny bush. Yeah. And I got the horse I was riding, he got a bloody sword thorns in his bloody, round his bloody oh, fetlock okay. and that. Yeah. And we pulled a few out and we had this purple... Chlorophyll spray, you spray on wounds on horses, that. Oh, yeah, it's a purple yeah. spray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we sprayed on there. And, um, Ken Strafford went to, went to bed, bloody, went to his swag. And um, through the night, he had, he had this chlorophyll was there in the tin air. <laughs> <laughs> no. Through the night. <laughs> and he had a grey jumper, as cold as hell. He had this grey jumper on, he sprayed his arms <laughs> and up all around his face and on his neck with this purple spray. Now didn't bloody burn. He must have had his eyes shut, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, he didn't know. He didn't know. He should have smelled it, but I don't know. But anyway, went back to sleep and, like, he'd get up. Like, Stowe, he'd get up about, oh, you know, how about three, four o'clock? Yeah. So, righto, bloody, out of, out of the swag. Bloody kicked the fire together and, bloody, put the billy on a bit of breakfast, you know. And uh, when he got up, he, he had a we had we used to have an old there used to be an old Toyota used to have these lights you used to plug in inside the glove box ah uh, okay little Toyota light yeah okay and, and and but we had a string and we put them together and and uh, he got up he's up and Harry and I are still in their swags we're watching him and and he's got this light <laughs> and and he's looking in this mirror inside the Toyota combing his hair he's having a wash combing his hair and. He's looking in this mirror, see, and and anyway, we seen him, and holy shit, we started laughing, you know. <laughs> you mongrel bastards, <laughs> you set me up, you set me up. We, we didn't set him up. He did it to himself. He did it to himself. <laughs> he bloody up, I see, reckon you, you set me up. You look like the purple people eater. <laughs> Poor old Ken. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a funny one happened there, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to love that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What were you doing out that way? Just, just. Yeah, it was. Well, um, 
what's her name? We got suspicious with what was going on in that property. Oh, okay. And yeah, that, so that's what it was. The caretaker, that, that's where the oh, that was the same thing. Where the potties, so, yeah. yeah. We were camped there doing that job at the time. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I bloody knew. I bloody knew could have killed myself there, buddy. Um, we, we had him in on the common at Max Walton there. We were trying to yard him up and there was a low-slung telephone line. Oh, okay. Through, through a bit of bloody suckers there. Oh, yeah. And I was galloping flat trying to bend these bastards. And and the bloody this bloody phone line oh, sort of just above the bloody horse's ears. Yeah. And I just I had my bloody reins in front of me. I just put my hand out and lifted it over my head. Oh wow. Would have killed I reckon would have killed me. I yeah, would have come yeah. off anyway, broke my neck or something. Yeah, yeah. Of Jeez, course. That was close. That was yeah. close. You'd have yeah. to worry about all that kind yeah, of stuff too, yeah. eh? The other thing that happened there, which was we had to get these wieners, we had to get them over the railway line to the trucking yard. Oh yeah, okay. And, and on those the ballast, that blue metal that's on the oh, yeah. on yep. the railway tracks. Yeah. Like these bloody cattle, you get them up there and a couple of in the lead and they, they touch that, that blue metal and start crickling and carrying and crackling <laughs> and they'd run back, you know. Yeah. Oh, God, we had a bloody <laughs> job getting them over that railway line, you know. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, that would have been. That, but, um, so that was – so you, he did end up getting charged. It was. Oh, um, yeah, 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 he got charged. And th- those days, what's it called? Um, suspicion of stealing. Suspicion of stealing. Sus- that was called suspicion of stealing, which can be dealt with in the magistrate's court. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a summary offence. Yeah, right. Yeah. You you were saying that um, you so you gone so eighty three. You're in Rocky, but the, but you when you're in Rocky, then did you after Rocky go back? You went down to Charleville. No, no, no. What happened after Rockhampton? I went there to the CIB. Yeah, a pretty big CIB. And then a vacancy come up in the Blackwater CIB, ah, okay. which is only a two-person squad. Yeah, okay. Two-person squad. And um, put it mildly, um, like being in a big CI branch, a lot of the more senior detectives take the big pinches, you know. Yeah. Like, And, you know, you push down the old bloody pecking order a bit. And, like, when I was in the CIB in Townsville there, like, Chris and Lenny, they give me all the major stuff to do. Yeah, okay. Which I had experience with. Uh, not all the major stuff, but um, – and so I thought if I go to Blackwater, there's two detectives there, mm-hmm. you know, at least I'll have a chop a bit more, you know, bloody greater serious offences. Yeah, sure. Under the criminal code. Yeah. And, yeah, so then I went to 83. I went to 84. I went to um, – I went to Blackwater – yeah. And I was talking to a fellow yesterday, buddy Earl, Ronald Seymour. He was my boss there. Oh, wow. He was a bloody real good boss. Um, and he, he he was doing other jobs. He went off crook for a while and I was there seven months by myself. So running oh, the yeah. CIB. And yeah. Like, it's like all the other police divisions. Like the Blackwater CIB went from westward to just about to Comet, south oh, yeah. to the bottom of the Carnarvon National Park and up yep. to up to Middle Mount. Oh, okay, yeah, and, big bear. I was there and incorporated Warbender as well. Yes, yeah. So I, I was, you know, I was kept pretty busy. That would have been, especially yeah. one man band. Pretty, pretty busy. Lived in the police barracks. Yep. And um, what was the police barracks like living? Was good, that right? yeah, yeah, good, good, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. I was the cook. I was the captain cook. I, I did the cooking for the four of us in there. Well, you did some of your uh, <laughs> rock hard. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sort of improved, improved for me, buddy. We jackhammer bloody scones. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a corn brief, Brian, or like a Brian. And yeah. I, used to, I used to do the shopping of a Saturday morning if I was there. 
And Davivi was up and I'd cook if I was there. And um, that fellow I mentioned before, Brian Roots, he was yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. In there. And um, bloody um, Paul, um, Paul, um, I can't just think of his surname now. I'll come to me in a minute. Yep. He was there. Um, and there was another fellow by the name of Gary Keating. Yeah. Paul Munro. Paul, Paul Munro and Gary Keating. Paul was an older fella. Yeah. And he's a funny fellow. And he used to be at the police station. Blackwater, right at the front. front okay, yeah. His desk was there. Yeah, He'd sure. do the counter duties. So people oh, yeah. come in to see about a driver's licence or inquiries. And um, and sometimes when I was there, there'd be, a, be a, like a big blue at the Capricorn Hotel or the bloody Carlton Pub or whatever. And I'd say, come on, Paul. Well, there's a blue down here. Come on. And what he used to do, <laughs> he had false teeth in. He'd pull his teeth out straight away, he put them on the desk, his two sets of fangs sitting there, and he'd take his one of those stretchy watches with a wrist, those stretchy band, and he'd put, so he's watching his bloody teeth and be sitting there, and because the next poor bastard come into the station, look at the desk and these pair of bloody, bloody fangs looking at him, you know. <laughs> and old, old Johnny Knapp, he's, got, he's deceased too now. He's, uh, he was Shane Webke's father in law. Oh, really? So, yeah, oh, John Knapp. Yeah. Great fellow, he was the officer in charge there, uniform sergeant, yep. first class. Yeah. And Davy uh, used to say to Paul, for God's sake, put those teeth in the bloody drawer and say. Oh, yeah. You'd build up some good friendships and relationships with those yeah, blokes yeah. there, eh? Yeah, or whoever yeah. was there. Yeah. What time? I remember Brian, um, Brian Roots was his name, and I was just going with me, Mrs. Brett's mother, mm-hmm. Knuckles' mother. Yeah. We, we come up to up to a grocery shop in North Rocky there was Jack the Slashers at the time and we were walking through and I was talking about Blackwater and who was there and and she was a policewoman, she was stationed Bill Wheeler. Yep. She had more service than me. Yeah. And um, I said to her, uh, and there was an old girl just near us in the grocery aisle there, I suppose she'd be 65, pretty well dressed up and I said to, to Robin, I said, do you know Brian Roots? <laughs> and this old cheerless, she spun around, gave us the most filthy look and she took off. <laughs> she took off. So sorry, Rootsy, mate, I'll bring you. <laughs> An actual fact, buddy, Brian Roots, he's retired to Rocky and uh, his son's married to one of my best mates, Maxie Ferris's daughter. Ah, oh, okay, and, right. And, and Max and I worked together on Brunette Downs. Jeez, that's a small and world, you know, Richie's son's married his daughter. Oh, isn't that and, small? And Max is down at uh, Nanango now. I'd oh, nice. Saw him there just after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, so is that where uh, you met? Uh, you met Robin through? Yeah, through Ben. She was the policewoman, Bill Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. And I was at CIB Blackwood. I went into a send off. I think first time I met her in uh, at North Rocky. Yeah. Sure. And um, uh, um, anyway, I recall I might have pinched her on the tail end. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to snot me and wasn't off to a real big start. <laughs> 37 years later, we're still together. <laughs> she told that. And, uh, uh, that's brilliant. Around. I love and that. She, uh, she retired as the longest serving policewoman at the time in the Queensland Police Force. That's unbelievable, yeah, hey? No, unbelievable. Very, what are your personal... Very smart, my wife. What are yeah. You, yeah. Oh, she yeah. is very smart. Yeah. Well, my, uh, What's your personal thoughts on the retirement age being at 60? Do you think that's a little bit early? Mate, or, or do you think it's, do you think it's well, about right? Well, well, it's sort of between the devil and the deep blue sea. Yeah. Um, at sixty, you lose a lot of capable people, but whoever it was fashioned um, like the police superannuation fund. Yes. Uh, you retired at sixty, you got a very good, very mm-hmm. good payout. Yeah. If you went any further, 
it start cutting back and start diminishing. Yeah, sure. So you know, say you got five hundred thousand sixty. If you went to sixty five, you might only get three hundred thousand. Yeah, okay, sure. So it was mainly really like I I think you know I could have gone on with that job of mine for another five years. You know, yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I enjoyed my job as a as a coordinator there, but um. Yeah, I think they do lose some some good people. Well, definitely experience anyway. They yeah, lose, yeah, they lose experience. the experience, yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you know, I used to say when I when I retired, I said the next person that sort of followed me, I said, well, I'm a phone call away. Yeah. If you want to know anything or find out about somebody or can help you, I'm a phone call away. But that's nice. I never got a phone. call. Never got a phone call. Yeah. yeah. Never got a phone call. Maybe it might have been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know my, my <laughs> missus even now, I travel down the highway with her and there's a truckload of cattle go past and I'll be looking to see what name's on the door and, you know, <laughs> still see what off. sort of cattle they are. And <laughs> she says, you're not in the bloody stock squad now, she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's, you can't help it. Yeah. You can't help it. Oh, no, no, it's just what, it's part of it. You, grow, you, what, what, you know, what, it's ingrained in you. What, what you're used to, you know. Yeah, um, 100%. I used to pull up a lot of bloody... Traveling stock, and this is a char- uh, it's really a charitable story, but yeah, no, we'll get, we'll it, get yeah. back to Blackwater. Oh, yeah, one Sunday morning, I was driving around, and uh, there was a bloody fellow there. He had a, a big Yankee bloody F 150 and a big flash goose stick. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And, and he had a quarter stallion on board. Okay, yep. And um, anyway, I said, Where are you going? You know, he said, Oh. I'm going to Darwin, then Perth. He said, I'm putting him in all the shows, like as a, a lead stadium. Oh, okay. Because it's a good type of court or stadium, you know. Anyway, I said, mate, you know, if you got a bloody way, Bill? Yeah. He said, oh, I haven't. So I said, look, fill one out. You know, I'll give yeah. you a warning now. You obviously don't don't know the bloody go. And fill it out and make sure you travel with it. You're going over the borders and all this. And I said, you know, yeah. do the right thing. So you wouldn't read about it about... Twelve months later, yeah. Sunday morning, <laughs> he's there again. You're kidding me. There again. You're See, kidding me. And he said, "Bloody hell!" He said, "You pulled me up again." I said, "Where you been?" He said, oh, "I've been to Darwin, Alice Springs shows, and down to South Australia, Ross to Perth, and back." They had to say to go. Oh, I said, "No, he won, won a lot of ribbons and that." He's I'm pretty pleased with him. He said, "You know," he said, "since I've left here." I wasn't pulled up. You're, you've pulled me up the second time. The first time, the second. <laughs> no bastards looked at me paperwork or questioned me. You know, it could have been a hundred thousand yeah. dollars stolen stallion. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, um, like oh bloody, I pulled up. <laughs> I pulled up a bloke once. <laughs> well, this is a child's story, but yeah, I'll get back to Blackwater. Yeah, right. well, and, and and a bit of a bloody old hound he was, and I said he's. <laughs> I said, uh, who owns these sheep? He had sheep in his tie. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, me and the Westpac Bank, what's it effort got to do with you? <laughs> well, that was a pretty good start. That's a good start. <laughs> We're a great start. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so I went to Blackwater yeah. in the barracks. Yeah, at, at a good time there. Worked me bum off. I had seven months by myself. Just yeah, did a lot of work, yeah. a lot of work. Did a lot of good drug work, breaking yeah. everything possibly get. Um, fortunately, there, buddy, we had an attempted murder when Earl was there. 
Oh wow! It was pretty pretty good that sort of stuff. He helped me out with that, um, and it was a bloody uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. That was. Um, what, so you you said you've you've mentioned a couple of times that you did something you did Townsville as well. Yeah. Was that when was when was Townsville? It was when I was in during the period when I was in. Um, Charles Tower Stock Squad. Oh, okay. They sent me down to Townsville to get CI Berry. Oh, okay. So, yeah. CI Berry. Yeah. Experience and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 And which was good. But I'll just tell you one story there. I'd been to Townsville CIB and arrested a lot of people, and a lot of them was district and Supreme Court. Oh, matters. Court matters. And you had to put your court brief there, all your statements, your evidence, and that was really good mm. experience. You know, guided by Lenny Potts, great bloke. Finished up a assistant commissioner, I think. Yeah, Could right. Have been, should have been commissioner. Wow. Um, Leonard John Potts, Grows Lucent down near Bow Desert somewhere now. Yep. Um, what's the name? Um, anyway, buddy, um, I was going to court in Townsville and um, I was reading my statement, you know, to go yep. to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And what they call halfway meets, Charles Towers cars meet Townsville car. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And, and you go halfway meet to go to court in Townsville. And there's a brand-new constable. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the job. Yeah, sure. He had an Italian name and he and, and he's, he could cut your fingers on the crease in his shirts. <laughs> his cap was on square. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was just prim and proper, brand-new, two hands on the wheel, you know. And I was... I was Studying my statement, you know, making sure everything was right and well, it was all right, but making sure I was remembering everything. Yeah, sure. And just down the other side of Woodstock, east of Woodstock, I just happened to – I had a funny – you know, you get a feeling. Yeah. And I looked up and we're about from here to that wall there Yeah. from the back of a tractor backhoe going down the road, big oh. tractor backhoe. Okay, yeah, sure. And I let out a cooey. Yeah. And he's sort of opened his eyes. He must have one of those micro-sleeps. Oh, shoot. And, and as he opened his eyes, he just immediately pulled the steering wheel to, to the, the right. right. And all of a sudden, I've got this big bucket of this backhoe heading straight for me. Oh, shoot. We, we crashed into the back of this tractor backhoe, just really 100 kilometres an hour. Yeah. Pushed the bloody back wheel up and the motor back in under under my side there. I got bloody whiplash, which yeah. has bloody affected me all my bloody life. Oh. And we went up, we were nearly rolled, we went across the road sort of dragging this tyre and that, that motor into the grass and up and we pulled up. Shh. And um, I said to him, uh, I said, are you all right? You're not hurt? And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, no, I'm not. And I said, I'm, I've got a bloody cooked neck or something. I'm not, no other yeah. wounds or injuries on me, have a seatbelt on. And I said to him, what do you know about telex machines? <laughs> He said, I don't know anything about them. I said, well, I think you suggest you'll probably know a bit about them in the next bloody six months because you'll be in the radio room and you won't be getting out. I said. <laughs> then he started crying. Oh, started true crying shit. On, crying, oh, obviously. Anyway, they sent this bloody inspector out from Townsville to investigate it. This poor old fellow, he's up there and he said, see anybody? He said, He's got an unregistered tractor back home. Oh, you're kidding. This poor old fellow, he said, you know, he said, it's been the worry of my life. He said, all my life travel on this road, someone's going to hit me from behind. He said, I didn't think the first car would be a marked police vehicle. <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> poor buggy. Oh, poor bastard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. But, yeah, that was a little, that was a little incident. Going did to, going did to he end up hitting the radio room? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
there used to be a there used to be a following um, Kenny Braunberger. I'll mention old Braun. He's not with us anymore. Either. No, he was in the mechanics office, did the service the police oh, vehicles. Yeah. Yep, and he's the greatest practical joker. You know, <laughs> oh, he um, I'll tell two stories about Brawny. Yeah, you're not here, Brawny, and people I'm going to talk about not here anyway. So. <laughs> Unless you got a telephone to the big fella up top. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, buddy, you go into his office and the big old heavy black telephones in those days oh, yeah. with a yeah. little mouthpiece where you spoke in there. And what brought Brawny to know, if you're coming in, you get those old ink pads where you used to stamp an ink pad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you get the earpiece for the ink pad. Oh. He'd rub it on, see, and, and, and he'd say, oh, Terry, you wanted on the phone. You put it up your ear and you couldn't see, you know. Yeah. And, and you're going, yeah, hello, 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 hello. Who's there? Who's calling me? Who's calling? And you're rubbing the bloody thing around your ear, and oh, they must have hung up on you. He's all right, honey. Put the phone down. And then, well, she got a blue ear. And you can't see your blue ear. <laughs> anyway, buddy, what's the name, buddy? Um, someone to say, what's happened to your right ear? <laughs> What? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me right here. And he brought he put the bloody ink Oh, on. what a champion. Oh, I love God. that sort of stuff. But anyway, the same old fella. This is a bloody true story. There's a bloody, a bit of a bludgeon. Sergeant used to come there yeah. just before eight and he'd fly into the first tour. I think it was about a dozen tours or something in a row. Yeah. It was something like bloody 70 police there. Oh, wow. The old, old headquarters. Yeah. And, and, and he bloody... Um, Fly in there, see, and and he go to the first toilet. Always go to the first toilet. <laughs> okay, and so Brawny gets this black axle grease, real thick. <laughs> he plasters it around the seat of this bloody toilet. See, <laughs> but what happens is the chief superintendent come down, cut a bit short, and went in ahead of him. Oh no! He, <laughs> oh no! He drops his old clacker head on this toilet. <laughs> <laughs> old Brawny. Ronnie said, well, he got, he said to me, well, no one knew what it did, but who did it? But a few of us knew, you know. He said, we've got, we've got a chief superintendent with no hairs on the bottom of his balls. He said, they're stuck to the toilet seat. <laughs> well, there was a big drama about oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, big drama. Oh, shit. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kenny. He's a lovely old fella. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. No, oh, that would you know, that would have been great. That would have been good. That would have been some good times like that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Another time I went in and Ken Strafield said, now, I'll send the vehicle in for a service. Uh, he said, now, keep an eye on it because that brawny, <laughs> he knew him. He said, do something to it. He'll bloody <laughs> put a bloody dead rat under the seat or something. You know, he's bloody. Anyway, I, I kept an eye on but I had to go away for something. Anyway, a couple of days later, Ken Strafield and I were in the police paddock and we're, we're, we're mastering it. Yeah. He's got these R.O. Williams high-heeled riding boots, you know, bloody Cuban-heeled stockman cut boots, which he always had sitting in the back there. Yeah. And Brawny's got one, he's filled it full of bloody, this bloody grease <laughs> inside his riding boots. <laughs> I didn't know he'd done it. No. I didn't know. We're riding along. And um, he said, Jesus Christ, my right foot's getting hot. <laughs> I, said, What's what? I said, I don't know, it's just burning, he said. What bloody, you know. Anyway, then and the grease cart's coming through the letters. Oh, no. And his boots starts changing colour. Oh, no. He says, he bloody boots going black. <laughs> so, of course, he jumps off his horse and pulls the boot off. He goes, 
The bloody <laughs> grease. Well, Lenny, up me, you bastard, I told you. I told you. He's <laughs> fully getting up you, brother. Oh, you up me. Oh. Another time, this is a funny one, dude. This bloody, like this old mate in Charles South, Alan Gould, old Goldie. Yeah. A lot of stories about him, but he, um, he used to come and go to the he'd go to the um, Bowley cattle sale was in Townsville. Yeah, and and I'd go down there and I'd I'd go to it. And this particular day was one of the days where I was getting the Toyota serviced by yeah. Brawny's bloody mechanics and that. And I borrowed a Mark police car. And I was in plain clothes going to the sale. And this old goalie, he never used to wear his seatbelt, you know. Yeah. I say, put your bloody seatbelt on. I was travelling. Put the bastard on, mate. You'll get caught one day. Yeah. And when we were going out along Ingham Road, there's a bitch of a, there's a fair bit of road clear on the left hand side, probably about 30, 40 yards over the railway line there. So oh, yeah. it's been graded or cleared. And and we're going along and old Goldie's turtling along and 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 he hadn't got his seatbelt on. <laughs> and anyway, I get behind him and I hit the side. <laughs> Well, he's as egg, exit stage left <laughs> about 40 yards. Falls up. Falls up. He, he, I drove up, pull up beside him. <laughs> he's shaking like a dog shit and razor light, see? Uh, 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 he said, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm pleased to see it's you. He said, <laughs> I said, put your friggin' seatbelt on, you old bastard. I said, you mightn't be so lucky next time down here. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I like it. Love oh. it. Oh, oh, Good uh, times, eh? Yeah. No, that, that town, that town's from Side Yards used to have some, some fun times there. Yeah. Another thing that sort of happened once in, what's her name? We did a must in behind Townsville there. Yep. And there's a fellow had these like feedlot cattle. Okay, yeah, And sure. he's feeding them on, on bread and swill. I used to collect it from the cafes, all their scraps. Oh, yeah, that. okay. Um, and back in those days, it, like it's all changed now, but they feed him everything, you know. Yeah, of course. And, and he's feeding his cattle, and, and and they were fat. They were feedlot yeah. prime. Yeah. But they had this bloody, this bloody grey cow shit, you know. Oh, okay. Real grey looking colour. Yeah, and right. Stink. Really. Those cattle, they just stunk like pigs, eh? Yeah. And you could smell. I'd be on that bloody untrucking ramp there. He'd be bloody three hundred yards away. I could you smell, smell that that cattle coming. Yeah. Wow. It's, but, they reckon they were beautiful to eat, like beautiful to eat. Yeah. With this real grey manure and just bloody stunk those cattle. Eh? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was something a bit bloody, a bit bloody different. Did you, yeah. Could you work out what it was? Was it just that? Oh, di- you reckon it was, it was, it was, it was that it was diet? Diet. What was they? What the they diet? Eating? Just yeah. a diet. Yeah. yeah. And um, another story there with Ken Strafer, One of the first, one of the first jobs we did. We went down the Sutter River there, and we had two horses, and we camped on the Sutter River. Yeah. And um, I had nothing to do with crocodiles. I was the ringer out in the territory in the west, yeah. I was in the Barclay Tableland and that. I'd never see, seen the crocodiles, but um, but anyway, we're there and we had a horse float. We had these horses tied up and big deep bank on the Sutter River there. Okay, yeah. And we hear this sort of barking sort of a noise, you know. And uh, I said to Strawy, "What's that?" Yeah. And he said, "Mate, it's bloody uh, crocodiles, bull crocodiles." Really? I said bullshit. He said, no, this is crocodile barking, you know, called out. And, uh, well, anyway, I said, fair He said, no, he said, I'm not kidding. Wow. Croc's down there, he said, you know. Yeah. So I've 
put the tail guard of the horse flag off. <laughs> and put me swag. I was camped on the ground, you know. I put me swag in the horse flag. I didn't worry about a bit of horse shit. Roll me swag out in the back of the horse flag with the tail guard up. <laughs> Shut the door and I, buddy, I camped quite comfortably in there. <laughs> I, I don't done. think it'd been real good if I was on the ground. <laughs> That's a good point. I would have done the same thing too. <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. Another time... Um, we were investigating with Ken Strafeld, a bloody a mob. I think it was 30 cows. Heifers were shot uh, in the Bowen River on Little Island there. Oh, okay. I think it might have been a Burralee station. Yeah. And and there was a cattle pad run along the side of the river. And Ken was walking along it. I wasn't there, but he was telling me he was walking along this cattle pad. Yeah. And there was a big old boar pig was trotting along in front of him. Oh, okay. He should just trot along on the pad and he'd look back and Ken would catch him up and he'd trot along a bit further yeah, and look right, back, yeah. you know. Anyway, this time he's, he's just bloody walking along. He's looking straight ahead. And out of the right-hand side, the bloody Bowen River's on the left, come this biggest crocodile, and he bloody hit that big boar pig. You're kidding. In his jaws and just took him straight in the water and he didn't, he didn't even squeal. It was that quick. <coughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah, yeah. And he said if that pig wouldn't have been there, it, it would have been, been him. him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's – that. I, I they're, they're just – Apex predators, eh? Like they, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah no, um, they are quick, and you hear about people getting taken, eh? Yeah, like without yep, even yep. a, without even a warning. Yeah, yep. right, yeah. But um, what's the name? Um, yeah, I just saw a few funny ones. Like, what's the <laughs> name? Um, what's the name? I was in Blackwater there, Sea Branch. Yeah, and I had I had a green, a green car called. Um, uh, Kermit, the green commodore. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, Kermit. Kermit, Kermit the frog, I call him. He's the same <laughs> colour as Kermit. And I used to be, and, and anyway, and we had a house burned down this weekend. Um, couldn't, didn't identify any offenders. I had a second house burnt down. And I used to bloody, I used to bloody be in my bed in the quarters there. And if I heard a fire siren, I would just leave, yeah. leave and run to the car and go, yeah. you know. Anyway, this night the siren went off and I run and run and went and just run around, you know. And uh I found these three little fellas running away. Oh, okay. And, and um and I jumped up and I grabbed them and when I got near them I could smell the smoke on them. Ah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. smell the smoke on them, you know. Um and uh yeah, anyway, buddy um they were too young to uh, too Oh, young really? Then, but but one of them was 12 years of age and he'd burnt down the bloody Kedron bloody high school. Jeez, 12 please. years of age, yeah. It makes yeah. you wonder what goes through their head, eh, yeah, that age, yeah, eh? Yeah, yep. Crazy. Just, I just think of another bloody, another story there about bloody, <clears throat> about fire. It was a bloody shopping centre, Woolagaroo. Yeah. I just got to the, I just got to the um, CI branch in Munningborough. Yeah. Townsville And there's... There'd been fires lit, in, lit in around. Lit, a few of these shops in this shopping centre, it's like a row of shops, mm. had been burnt. Ah, uh, okay. And, and um, anyway, I was talking to Lenny Potts. He was my offside, and I said, "Mate, <clears throat> I really got to put bloody surveillance on there. Is there anywhere we can sit and watch what's yeah. that shopping centre?" Yeah. And he said, "We'll go and go for a drive. We drove out, and over the road there was a bloody it's either kindergarten or daycare centre." Ah, uh, okay, yeah, sure. So we've got keys to get in there. Yep. And this is the first night. First Len, night. Len Potts and I. And um, we're in there about midnight. 
we hear, we looked, all the lights went out in the shopping centre. Oh. We hear a plink, plink sort of noise. Yep. Oh, shit, it's going to happen. Then we're sneaking out and we see flames up, oh. the, up, up the back of the shopping centre. Jeez. And these bloody um, cardboard boxes on fire. Yeah, right. Around some gas cylinders. Holy shit. So my buddy flew around there and I got this bloody broom outside the other bloody shop there and knocked these burning boxes out of the way, you know. Yeah. And he anyway, was running around Lenny was there and we just there was standing there in the bloody shadows waiting to see if anyone had come out. Yeah. Anyway, out come this bloody ghostly figure out of the out of the bloody darkness, you know. Yeah. Walked up and um and there's a, a, a fella, his first name was Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. And we walked up to him and he was sort of like he was in a trance or oh, really? under the influence of drugs or something, something, you know. Yeah. And when he got close, <clears throat> I could smell the glue reeking oh. out of his breath. Oh, okay. He'd been like sniffing glue or He'd something? Been sniffing glue. Oh, really? Sniffing glue. And he used wow. to sniff glue. Yeah. And get as high as a kite on glue, then go and start the fire. Oh, shit. The glue sniffing turned him into a pyromaniac. Wow. And we captured him, yeah. The bloody pots in on, we got him, yeah. I charged him with arson. I charged him all arson, three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, but, yeah, no, I was just trying to sort of rack my brain a bit, other sort of. You would have seen such a, a vast array of different things, hey. And another thing was like at Munningborough there, because we had all the army. Yeah. And and the army offences were generally dealt with by, by um, oh, the military police or whatever it is. Yeah, or? MPs. MPs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we are if I, if we're looking for someone, you know, you'd you'd um, go and see them. Yeah, sure. Or or say, is this fella look look out for this bloke? Yep. He might be a civilian. Yeah. Or if it's an offence involving a soldier. We'd say we want to come and interview him. Yeah, sure. Like they'd interview him first. Anyway. Oh, I could imagine they would have. And mate, when you got there, you had a bloody handwritten bloody confessional <laughs> statement. I tell you. Oh yeah, they were, they, they were bloody. They're very good to deal with. But I had this fella, and um, um, he, he was a um, he was a dick flasher, <laughs> and he had long blonde hair, and. He um, he rode a push bike. Yeah, and he used to have black stubby shorts, no shirt, no shoes. Okay, and riding around town, and he'd see a young woman in the yard. He'd just go over the other side of the road there, pull his pants down, and start giving the old turtle a tug in front of us. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like and, oh, and then he complaints. We had all these complaints, but <laughs> yeah. we, we couldn't catch him. See, yeah. And these two MPs, they're driving down Ross River Road in this bloody station wagon. Mm. And here's this fella riding along, and I reckon this is a pretty fair effort. He's riding this push bike, and, and he's got his dick out of his shorts, and he's giving it a tug, see? <laughs> oh, shit. Riding along the road. Oh. So they saw him, and they said, that's that bloke TJ's been chasing. Yeah. So he reaches over, <laughs> grabs this fella, pulls him off the push bike down the road. So he's sort of a few Rick and Purdleys, hair and hide off him. <laughs> Put his push bike in the back of the station wagon, brought him in. <laughs> he's got 
He's got bloody hide off everything, even including the lizard, you know. Like he, he's barked up a bit, see. Yeah. So that's all right. So anyway, get him in. And bloody got a couple of the women, complainants yeah. come in, they, they identified him. That's yeah. That's definitely him. that's him, you know. So I said, and at the same time in that area, there's all this what they call snowdrop and all these ladies' knickers. Yeah. I've been stolen off clothes. Oh, shit. Okay. In that area. See, and I said to him, if you're going to eat women's underwear at your, where you're staying at this flat, and he said, no, i got nothing there. I said, uh, well, I'm going to be taken out of warrant and I'll be yeah. going there searching your bloody flat. Yeah. Anyway, because when I got there, there's a stack of about four foot high <laughs> under his bed. See, so. Because <laughs> then the interesting thing came that bloody, like, Miss Jones, Miss Smith, and <laughs> Miss Bollywoggle. They they had knickers in the bundle and they had to come and identify, no, <laughs> identify their own, no. identify their own knickers. Oh, uh, poor darlings. Anyway, so, <laughs> but however, in the middle of them was one pair of crutchless knickers. <laughs> Strangely enough, we had no we, we, <laughs> no, no, no owner of those crutchless knickers. However, there was one little one little blonde piece there I strongly suspected by the look of her other knickers that she might have owned there. Yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. confession. She wasn't coming in. Oh, yeah. uh, I love that. Uh, you know, oh, shit, that's funny. Funny things to sort of happen. Oh, you got to have a laugh at that little bit, eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. But there's a soldier there um, that he, um, he had a, a new car. And he couldn't pay the payments on it, so he drove it out to near Woodstock, mm. poured petrol on it, <laughs> and lit her up. Then he got a mate to drive him out, sort of near there, yeah, or to be near there to pick him up. But he's walked from the bloody car back to the, where he's going to meet his mate with the petrol tin in his hand. <laughs> How good's that? Oh, <laughs> oh, anyway. The MP spoke to him fairly <laughs> strongly. <Yeah. laughs> I could imagine they would have. Yeah. Mm. No, they were good good fellows. I remember one fellow's name. One fellow's name was Wally Pinch. Oh, really? Wally Pinch. You know, I think a name he is a sergeant. Pinch. Like Pinch. named like Pinch. He was a bloody MP, so Wally Pinch. Yeah. Lovely. And a big fella. Yeah, big, big fella, fella, was he? Yeah, big fella. Yeah. Did you ever have any contact with them afterwards or that? No, so not really. Gone by no, the way. No. Yeah. Often wonder where you you think about these different police you yeah you know you you work with and and different those sort of people where they ever sort of went and yeah of course yeah you know but um, yeah so I suppose we get I've got off the track about oh no you're right I was well we're at the point now where you sort of you did your stint at Blackwater where yeah, were you going to next where were well, you after see, that what happened at Blackwater by this time I was I was going with Robin Brett's that yep. was his mum yep and we got engaged. And we had to get to somewhere together. Yeah, of course. And I tried all those four police in in um, Blackwater uniform yeah. police if they wanted a wanted a um, you know transfer yeah. to Bill Wheeler, do a swap over. Oh yeah, okay. Spoke yeah. to the spoke to the bosses, but no, they none didn't want to leave Blackwater at the time. Yeah, okay. Strange stuff. Now I think they're fine hard to fill positions there. Yeah. But anyway, that's a new scale, scale of things. But, but anyway, she we got engaged, then we got married, and she got because there was a shortage of police women at Gladstone. Ah, uh, okay. She got a police lady's position in Gladstone. In who Gladstone. transferred to Rocky. Ah. Uh. And I got a detective position in Gladstone. 
Ah, okay. And and, and we were there um, sort of three years, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. 86, 7, 88 to the end of 88. Yeah. And that's when Brett, he was born when we were there. Yeah, okay. At Gladstone. And, and we just, we just like both of us, we just love Gladstone. Yeah, yeah, of you course. Know, we, um, you know, we call them, what did uh, they call them, dibs or double income, no kids or something. <laughs> <Dicks> or, <laughs> <laughs> they get up. We were living the high life, you know, we're both on good yeah. pay. And, yeah, shit, and we, yeah. We had a police house. Yeah, a brand new police house we went into. Nice. And um, I spent a lot of money on trees and lawn and all that on it. And and um, yeah, no, we had good times. You know, good times in Gladstone. Yeah, really good times. Met some really good people. Are really good, still good friends of mine there. Yeah, oh, nice, um, nice. You know, buddy. Um, so you did a couple of years there at Gladi, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was good. It was really good. And I, um, yeah, no, I, buddy. And one thing about. About Gladstone, you know, um, there was always serious crime there. There always was, was there? Yeah, always serious crime in Gladstone. Yeah. But a funny thing, like Rockhampton, the juries in Rockhampton, I'd say they were very good pro-police or pro-crown juries. Okay, yeah, sure. The juries in Gladstone, um, you know, find any little tiny technicality to let someone off anything, you know. Oh, wow, okay. Let something, you know. but no, we did a lot of good work there. A lot of bloody um, uh, drug jobs there. Yeah. Drug plantations. <coughs> um, was that what mainly was it like that sort of stuff? Oh no, break a lot of breaking enters. Oh really? Yeah. Car, right. car theft and breaking enters. Yeah, right. Then you get to throw a few murders in. Yeah, shit. Like Rocky had, he had plenty of murders. A few murders there I was involved with. Yeah. Um, it, you know, always serious. You know, always serious crime, and you seem to. Clear them up, lock them up, send them away, and then be another batch would pop up, you know, yeah. another batch of offenders. And but uh, no, I had uh, good bosses there, good yep. bosses, um, good good people to work with. Did they? Did you um, like sort of co-work with Rocky much? Being so close to each other, you guys did well, your own stuff. No, and, no, we did. You know, yeah. it was always a pretty. And, and good relationship. I did a lot of. Oh, with Bundy yeah, too. Yeah, old stock squad fellow was the boss of the. CIB in Bundaberg, Tim Roach, I did a lot of work with him. Did you? And uh, the other thing was that when I went to Gladstone, there was a little bit of a divide between uniformed police and detectives. Oh, really? Okay. You know, just – and, and you know, when Harry Finnegan was in uniform in – in um, what's the name? In Rockhampton. Yeah. Like, uh, it broke it down, you know. Yeah, okay. He used to say, see, I'm the uniformed police. Or, you know, you've got to go and see – the detectives, oh, no, won't see the you know. Yeah, but okay. he'd say, go and see TJ. Go and tell him about it and have a talk to him. He'll help you out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the same when I had Robin in uniform in Gladstone, mm-hmm. you know, she she broke the ice. But I'd be down there talking to them fellas and yeah. I wasn't such a bad bastard after all. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I was, a, I was a demon, as they call him. I was a demon, but, <laughs> you know, friendly demon. Friendly demon. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, we we enjoyed our times. Bloody Gladstone, Brett was only a little fella. Yeah, sure. Uh, when we sort of, I got promoted to um, detective sergeant, Charleville Stock Squad. Oh, nice. So that's where I went. I was sort of applying for different yep. jobs, and um, and that's where he's, you moved from that point yeah, down from, to Charleville. From Gladstone, Gladstone. CIB, yeah, down to um, Charleville. Out, out to Charleville. Out yeah. to Charleville, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. You know, we I did like jobs, you know, on on boats on. 
fishing boats. Oh, did you really? Yeah, went out. I suppose you would, wouldn't you? So that sort of stuff. Port you City, know. yeah. Yeah, you know, and there's a bit of that. Um, it's pretty diverse type of type of work. It there, is there, isn't it? Latch, and you know, um, did you yeah. have to do much with the ports, like with the port side of things? No, not really. No, no. no it's only if someone sort of said, "Oh, there's a prawn boat coming in." Yeah, it looks like they could have a load of drugs or no, it's okay. more drug stuff on more, the, yeah on or the, fishermen or yeah whatever, okay. that sort of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, What's the name? Uh, yeah, no, they, um, you know, and and there was there was always a bit of warring between. I remember, um, fishermen come up from Tin Can Bay to Gladstone. Yeah, yep. And they had a big blue. Oh, like, okay. Like they they had a big big fight between themselves, and and bloody bashed each other up, <laughs> and um, so the Gladstone bloody um, blokes got good flogging. They made a complaint about the Ten Ken Bay fishermen. Oh, oh, really? So I charged the Ten Ken Bay fishermen yeah. with assault and yeah, okay. a couple of grievous bodily harms and that. Yeah. So then, then another round. This time, the Gladstone mob <laughs> belled the Ten Ken. Everybody, maybe defenders for me complainants. <laughs> yeah. You know, swap the roll around. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been oh, fun. Yeah. Try and police that one. <laughs> oh God. And I remember one fellow he bloody he he, he bloody kicked a broke in and bloody kicked this there was a bloody I uh, um in the lounge room this this woman had this what they used to call it, a glory box or something like that, a sliding glass window on the front of it. <laughs> like a with these glasses and that inside. Yeah. He's gone kicked it, kung fu it with his foot. Oh like, nearly bloody cut his foot off. off. Yeah. And because for blood trial there, we tracked him up to the hospital, and <laughs> he was pretty easy. And <laughs> generally speaking, if you you know if you you got one follow to body turn around, you usually got the story. Those yeah. Sort of jobs. Yeah. Uh, just trying to think. Oh, you know, we had had bloody you know near fatal roads accidents. Oh, and, I suppose you'd have that a lot too, uh, wouldn't and you? We had all sorts of things. You know. Um, yeah. Just it was it was a place. Um, one night we had and this was another thing. I we had uh, Taiwanese fishermen um, fighting Japanese fishermen. Really, in the main street, there was <laughs> Taiwanese fishing boat, fashion, Japanese fishing boat coming together and went to shore leaf. Yeah, and they got into it in the main street of Gladstone. You're kidding! And flogged shit out of each other. True, you know, out of, out of yeah. there's about sixty fighting. Oh shit! Okay, it's heat. like a big, big all in brawl. So we. We we hauled some of them in to the police. Said I was working that night, and oh god, we couldn't talk to them because we didn't have interpreters. Oh, of course, we had to get bloody yeah. interpreters. And um, anyway, we finished up. Buddy, we just got the captains there and said, <laughs> "Take these bastards back to the ship and don't come back to Gladstone." You know, yeah, like, yeah. you'd like, have to. That's as bad as each other. You know, yeah. Like, buddy, oh yeah, that was a bloody that was a big was, night. You know? Was Gladstone like probably one of the more like. Bit busier ones, like like more more shit yeah, going on no, all the time. Yeah, or? no, Gladstone, you know, you 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 probably got, most hectic one. Sorry, you got a yeah, Gladstone or Rocky, you know. Yeah. Um, but well, even Townsville too, for that matter. They were much much as much. Gladstone, you're pretty full on. I think there's seven detectives there. Oh, okay, and yeah. Mate, we were we were working, working. We're, you're working. You know, like the CIB, your job is to catch crims, you know, lock them up, and, and we went hard, you know. Yeah. And, and more serious things were more, more you had to really, really go yeah. for it, you know. I um, 
I prided myself there once. Um, there was a buddy girl um, in a set of units and she got raped. Oh, okay. Very serious rape. Yeah. She was a religious girl uh, and a virgin. Oh, wow. Had a knife in the throat and raped really badly. Oh, shit. Poor darling. But anyway, cut a long story short, um, you used to, those days, you'd concentrate with door knocks around, yeah, you know? Yeah, okay. And uh, anyway, I got, I suppose this lady over the road and she gave me this information that she thought was a, this bloody young fella used to look in that unit on a push bike. Ah, uh, okay. Coming and going, you know. So I won't sort of expand too much on that because... Yeah, yeah, of course. But, however... Um, we got him, and there was, there was a detective sergeant, first class, second class, and I was about the next sort of rank yep. down detective senior constable. And and they got this fella in, and, and they spoke to him fairly harshly. Yeah. And he wouldn't, you know. Wouldn't budge. He wouldn't budge. And I said, can I, can let me have half an hour with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I got him in. I bloody give him a few cuddles and talk <laughs> nicely, you know. Said, you know, like this and that. And a few cuddles. A few little cuddles. Yeah. You know. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she did. You know, yeah. you, know, get the bad, course, yeah. you get the bad cop and the good cop. I was, yeah, a, good, I was a good yeah. cop. They, they cuddle them with a phone book. I was a cuddling <laughs> cop. But anyway, yeah. so anyway, I, I broke him. Broke, you broke him. Broke yeah. him down. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too hard. It took me about half an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. So we went back. He had... He stole some money from me. He had the money under the house. He had the butcher's knife under the house. Oh, shit, yeah, no. That, yeah. Anyway, he was charged and, um, because uh, a lot of bloody DNA matched oh, yeah. him up. Yeah. And lo and behold, um, bloody um, two years before, the same fella had raped another backpacker oh, and they never, ever got him for the offence. Yeah. And when we got his DNA and his sperm count and all that, it matched up with matched this, up the this, previous. And it one. wasn't far away either. It was just oh. probably four hundred yards around the corner. Yeah, oh, yeah, so I sort of pride myself that I. That's good. That I, you know, I got through him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because he wasn't sort of saying saying too much, you know. Yeah. And um, was it more because you were consoling in him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's it. Like I, it was more. I like, give, give him. Like, they were sort of bloody. They were yeah. trying to get him to bend, but yeah. he wasn't bending. Was, you play the and kill him with the, kindness. I, I played the, you know, you, that sort of. You had to be, you know, like... Detect- Track more bees with honey. Like, like, that's right, yeah. Like, detectives, at times you had to be a bastard and times you had to be soft. And, like, you yeah. know, I always say, is that, you know, we were getting paid money to catch crooks. Yeah, that's we, it. We're yeah. not dealing with kindergarten kids. That's right, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like this day and age, you know, everyone's running around with cameras and everything and, yeah. and, and voice recorders and that, you know. But, you know, they sort of say, well, it protects the police. Mm. But at the same time, it's for evidence that you, you know, got to catch them. The, the crooks are getting away with blue murder. That's right, yeah. and, and poking fun at the police. Yeah, you know, and, and what can you do about it? That's right. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You know? yeah. yeah, and that's a bit of a sadness of today's policing the way it is. You know, uh, it is definitely one hundred percent. And like it was part of like what we discussed before about um, in in part the the legal system that's in place as well that gives them yeah. the, unfortunately. Restricted on the the powers that be to be able to do the things that they want to do yeah. or need to do to be yeah, able to yeah. to catch those crooks or to do the bits and pieces. There's another. Right? No, you're right. Yeah, there's another Rockhampton there. story. Uh, as I'm going on, I'm remember these things. Yeah, no, please. I um, it was me and um, 
fellow by the name of Claus Drecker. Claus yep. Drecker, yeah. And there was, there was a fellow ringing up a neighbour about three hours down the road threatening to kill him oh, on, on a telecommunications device. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, so I, I had the file and the boss at the time, Mick Gallagher, said, TJ, I want you to go on, go on, buddy, grab that bloke for this bloody, you know, threatening yeah. telephone call, threatening to kill. Yeah. So I'm just heading out the back door and I was sort of, you know, buddy, um, I'd done a few incest cases. Yeah, okay. And he said, Terry, he said, there's an incest case just come in. <clears throat> and he said, I bet you better do it and we'll send these other two fellas. Yeah. There's a fellow on a row whiting and um, uh, no, first of all, it was me and Trevor Stevens. Yeah. It was Ray Whiting, Claude Strecker. Okay. I went round to this bloke's place. Yep. And this Ray Whiting, bloody good detective. Yep. Um, you know, great fella. And when he knocked on the door, this fella come out and he looked out and seen it was detectives. He tried to slam the door in their face. Oh. And he put his foot through the door. Yeah. And swung the door up and dragged him out. Yeah. And he took him back and charged him with all these charges under the Telecommunications Act in those days. Yeah. And put him before the court at two thirty. Yeah, wow. To be remanded till ten o'clock the next morning. Okay, yep. That night that night, so first up, me and Trevor Sievers, we didn't go yep. because of an incest complaint. Yeah. Claus Strecker and Ray Whiting, they went, dragged yep. him out. Seven thirty or eight o'clock that night, bloody um what's the name? Uh, a fellow by the name of Derek Pickles, who's yep. deceased now. And a fellow by the name of Mick Lowe. Okay. Yeah. A big bloody young fellow, young policeman come in from Longridge. Yep. Uh, went to the went to the house. Yep. And Derek Pickles is calling the radio room and Rocky. Um, and he didn't sort of get him straight up. And this Mick was a real big sort of steady walking fella. Mm-hmm. He's walked around past the police car and he's heading for the door and he's probably got about six, eight foot from the door. Yeah. Through the side windows, a double blast of a 12-gauge shotgun. Shit. Hit him in the heart and bloody... Holy shit. Killed him. Did it really? Yeah, killed poor bastard, yeah. And Derek, he grabbed him and he's dragging him backwards and he's returning fire. Holy shit. With his pistol, you know. Yeah. And, however, he did shoot him. Yeah. But he ran inside and he committed suicide, this fella. Oh. Ran inside and committed suicide. Far out. And anyway... Everyone got called in. I went up there and there's a fellow by the name of Lloydie McNamara. He was the superintendent. And he, and he said, I said, um, boss, what do you, you know, he's a good boss, you know. Yeah. What do you want me to do? And he said, well, take Derek back to the police station. Yeah. And get a statement from him straight away while it's all fresh in his memory. Yeah, yeah, of course, and, and, yeah. And that's what I did. And, and the sad part about that night was the bloody local TV station put a thing across the bottom of the screen. A, a policeman has been killed... In Rockhampton tonight, oh, you know they oh, put that across. Yeah, so well, they've left it in every, open interpretation. Everyone, that, everyone, everyone that knew a police officer in Rocky or was married to a freaking police officer, freaking out. But unfortunately, this woman, his wife, had two little kids. She didn't see it. She didn't see it. 
And, and Lloyd, he said to me, you go and get a statement from Derek. He said, I've got to do the hardest job, oh. he said, I've had to do in bloody 36 years. Shit. To go and advise him that, a, that a, advise her that her husband's been, been killed. killed. You know? And, you know, it's a funny thing. Like, I've got these stories with bloody kinks in them later on, yeah. things that happened. Uh, about five or six years ago, I was at um, Noosa with my brother-in-law. Yeah, okay. Said so we'd go for a drive across the river on the ferry there. Yeah. Across that hotel there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we got over there and there's a woman there. And I I never met her. But we had a memorial service at at Rockhampton. Big, yeah. And he was actually buried at Gympie. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. she was down at Gympie naturally. Yeah. And and um, I'd seen plenty of photographs of her. And um, anyway, I walked in and me and my brother said, hey, yeah, good, good. Oh, yeah, where are you from? And uh, I said, oh, I'm from Rockhampton, you know. Oh, she said, oh, I was in Rockhampton once, she said. So I, she said, what did you used to do in Rockhampton? Yeah. I said, oh, I was a bloody, uh, I was a detective there. Yeah. And she said, well, I was married to a policeman that got murdered in Rockhampton. You're shitting me. And that was her, that was his You're wife. You're kidding. And, you know, she was did the only one. Did you explain the, the circumstances yeah, to her? Yeah, I told her, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I was... She was the only one in the bar and it was Lordy and I, brother-in-law, we're yeah. the only ones there too. Wow. And I said, well, what sort of coincidence is that? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. What, there's a weird coincidence yeah, like yeah, that, hey? sort of bob up, yeah, and she said she'd, she'd um, I don't know whether she said she was married again or she was with someone mm. or not, but Did that give as you soon the... as I saw her, yeah. I'd all had goosebumps all over. Okay. Did just... that give you the heebie-jeebies that night? Oh, mate. Did that, that, would have, that oh. must have been fucking crazy. You know, another time... I dealt with a woman, tried to commit suicide out at Bouldercombe. Yeah. Put a shotgun to her forehead, put a toe on the trigger, and boom. But she didn't kill herself. Yeah. She it was a real old shotgun under the rafters of the house. Yeah. Real old cartridge. Yeah. And she actually effectively blew about, bloody, about probably the size of a 50-cent piece skull back into the front of her brain there. Yeah. And and the boss sent me up to, to talk to her in hospital to yeah. see what, anyway. And I, I and and she sort of said this lady said I don't want to live, you know. I don't yeah, want to, okay. I don't want to go on. And um, anyway, she did live. She did. And that was that was eighty three. Yeah. Um, they flew her to Brisbane. You know, it's pretty well, pretty quick. Yeah. And um, two thousand one, I come back here. Mm-hmm. Near a fish and chip shop. Over here, that Zamo's fish shop. Yep. Come up the rubber line. There's a car in front of me and bloody lot of smoke coming out underneath the bottom. I was right behind it. <laughs> this woman was panicking, and I, I said, "Quick, we'll push it round the corner, you know." Yeah. Push it round the corner away from all the other traffic and by yep. itself and that, and lift it up the bonnet. And anyway, here's this woman there, you know, and and I looked at her, and I looked at her forehead. You're kidding. That was her. Oh, wow. And she had her old mother with her. And I said, would that be so-and-so? And she said, that's her. I said, what sort of a life? She had, she said, yeah, she's had a pretty ordinary life. She never remarried, never ever had another man. Yeah. Uh, because of her, um, you know, fiancé killed himself, you know, in oh, a traffic accident out there. And, yeah, yeah. Wow. But, but there I run across her, you know, like. What's the, I don't know, it's these weird like, things dynamics sort of, how it all yeah, it's such a small world, it really yeah. is, isn't it? And I just when I saw her, I thought, "Oh my god!" You know, yeah. And I thought it would had to be, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, mate. No, um, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, no, some crazy good. yarns there, mate. It really is. It's amazing. Yep. Um, did you 
uh, what we'll do is we might we might finish up on this part here. Um, we we might do a bonus episode for people. I reckon. Yeah. Before we head off though, I want I, I want to hear just to finish off a, a, a yarn there. So we'll finish there and we'll we'll resume on the next episode with um, this the sort of later on years yeah, of yeah. your career. Yep. Um, we'll give the listeners a bonus app. What's the story behind the the watch? Because you brought that watch in, mate. I want to hear the yarn about the watch. Right. Okay. Now. Well, get back to my basics. I think I just I described this early in the piece. Yes, I was named after Terence Bernard Maguire. That's right. Yes, who was a bishop of Townsville, Archbishop of Goulburn, and Archbishop of the first Archbishop of Canberra. Yes, Catholic Archbishop, and uh, he got a gold watch um, from his from a ship's captain. Gave it to him. Yeah. Okay. His bishop. I don't know whether it was in Goulburn or Canberra, whatever. Yeah. And when he died, he gave it to Father Con Hanley, who was, was a Catholic priest from, I think, 1909. Um, 54 years, he was a Catholic priest wow. at Tweed Heads. Tweed Heads. Yep, he was there. And, and when Archbishop Maguire, he gave it to him and he used this, this watch, this gold watch, uh, to time, he was the patron and timekeeper of Seagulls Rugby League Club at Tweed Heads. You're kidding, Seagulls. He was the he was the um, and of course Seagulls. You look at the history of Seagulls. Yep, they were the first regional rugby league club outside any city like Sydney. Okay, so Sydney, the hub outside of Sydney, Tweed That's... Seagulls was wow. the first rugby league club because yep. back in the early times. Um, you know, the rugby union, there was no rugby league much. Yeah. And it sort of bro- broke in about yep. that time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he was official timekeeper. Oh, wow. And he used this gold that watch. gold watch. And I've got it documented yeah. in, in, in an email there that, that Father Hanley used this gold watch yes. to time the games. He had That's his bell on the gold watch. Because when he died, he left it to my dad, Leo, Leo Hanley. Yeah. And when Dad died, it'd come to me, and when I die, it would go to Brett. That's unbelievable. And it's, it's got a beautiful gold chain with it. I've seen it. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful, yeah, it's, mate. It's it's, it's a yeah. beautiful piece. It really yeah. is, and the history behind it is yeah, well. Like it's um, it's amazing. Yeah, well, over, well over a hundred years old. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Like yeah. I've got a, a, I have a deep appreciation for that yeah. sort of stuff. I actually, I even though I haven't got, I don't hardly ever wear watches. I appreciate watches, and I appreciate the history behind them. I was given a, a fob watch. From my grandfather, um, who were received from his, he was the oldest grandchild. So yep. he received, oh, the oldest grandson. Yep. He received it from his grandfather. Yep. So you know, uh, and then he gave it to me when I was down there for his 80th. Oh, what's he now? 86. Um, yeah. So you know, the fact is that I'll be able to give it to my grandson yep. Yep. Um, as I get as I move down. But yep. like, it's just. You know, it's it's just beautiful. It's a nice piece of history and yeah. the history behind oh, yeah. it. You know, like, yeah. but that's that's I, so I actually cool. took it down to Seagulls there quite a few years ago now, and showed them, and and they weren't real interested. <laughs> yeah. I said, "You want to take a photograph of it?" <laughs> yeah. uh, I said, no, no, "No worries." <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to give it to them. But no, no, no. I, but I thought they might want to say, well, this was a timepiece, a time, yeah. <clears throat> time them games for those games for 
Probably 30 years. Yeah, yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like, Absolutely uh, crazy. Yeah, amazing. But um, no, I oh, know there's bloody uh, yeah. a lot of history about and I, I love my history. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, so what we'll do, we'll, we'll give the listeners a bonus episode um, and what we'll do is we'll – Next episode, we'll get into your sort of like later on career of police, yep. what um, led to your retirement, what you're doing now afterwards, and we'll go from there, mate. So, no, it sounds good. No, that that's awesome. Good. I appreciate I, it once I again. It's gone well. Today. Oh, it's been fantastic, mate. <laughs> I love it. Some of those yarns have been absolutely amazing, mate. And and the response that we've received thus far from your previous two episodes have yep. been fantastic, mate. It's been oh, well, I love the, oh mate, no, they love it's it. Going good. Oh, it's really good. good. It's good really for good. You, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yep. thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. I look forward to having you on the next one too. So, thank, <laughs> thanks, CJ. Thanks, Bryce. Good no, on you're you, welcome. Appreciate it. All right. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.